beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, safety fears over health cover for people in police custody, firefighters tackle Buckinghamshire blaze and health professionals turning blind eye to overweight children. BBC Three Counties Radio. A lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire, according to health workers. Since taking over the contract at the beginning of the month, G4S have reduced on-call cover to just one doctor covering beds, hearts and Cambridge. This anonymous healthcare professional has highlighted her concerns. The staffing numbers are so low, we're struggling to meet the needs of detainees. It's impossible to get around to see everybody who needs to be seen because the staff are not there and it's going to end up causing someone to be extremely unwell or a death in custody. Firefighters in Buckinghamshire have been tackling a blaze in Chalfont St Giles overnight involving industrial units and gas cylinders at a site in Bowes Tridge Lane. Around 40 firefighters have been at the scene since just before 9.30 last night. A number of explosions have been reported, overhead power lines have been affected and road closures are also in place. Health professionals are turning a blind eye to obese and overweight children, according to research by Luton and Dunstable Hospital. The trust, which is presenting its findings today, claims the children are being overlooked for a variety of reasons, including a fear of upsetting parents. More from Tony Fisher. In the study, one in four children who visited the hospital over a ten-week period were either overweight or obese. Of these, only a few had been given advice and follow-up support before attending outpatients. NHS guidance states healthcare professionals should aim to create a supportive environment to help the child and their family make lifestyle changes. More than 100 Britons caught up in the earthquake in Nepal have flown back home. They came into Stansted Airport on a returning UK aid flight this morning. The Chief Secretary to the Treasury, Danny Alexander, says the Tories were behind a drive to slash £8 billion from the welfare budget. He says the planned cuts were discussed in the coalition but vetoed by his Lib Dem party. The Conservatives say the proposals are definitely not their policy. Meanwhile, The Sun has formally backed the Conservatives, but its sister paper, The Scottish Sun, has come out in favour of the SNP. New technology is being developed to stop mid-air collisions, such as one over Bedfordshire in which one man died. An inquest has heard that the pilots of two planes which collided over Little Barford last September didn't see each other until it was too late. Jonathan Smith from Nats, which is responsible for air navigation across the UK, says a system used for larger planes is now being developed for light aircraft. It emits the GPS position of the box of electronics and allows another aeroplane to detect that position and give some indication to the pilot of the light aircraft um, where a, an aeroplane that is in conflict with it is. In sport, Chelsea are 13 points clear at the top of the Premier League after coming from behind to win 3-1 at Leicester. Jose Mourinho's side will be crowned champions if they beat Crystal Palace on Sunday. The weather, a mixture of sunny spells and scattered showers, some of which may turn heavy and thundery this afternoon. A maximum temperature 13 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. It's like, um, um, hang on a minute. It's like the midday sun out there. What the flip is going on? I don't remember any morning ever being, um, well, anything other than dark. Welcome to the rabbit hole. We're going down now. 
today's uh, um, uh, early morning, uh, the first 60 minutes uh, down the rabbit hole. Question is, it's um, it's going to blow your minds, guys. What's the opposite of chips? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Before we explain why, I've just found a clip. Do you remember that time, right, that that burglar was robbing a house and then he phoned up for a taxi from that house? Well, it was this. Just be here, I can help you. Uh, can I have a taxi, please? Where from? Where from? Uh, what's your contact number? Uh, this one here. Give me a private number, bro. Huh? Is it on private? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how to take off. It's on the landline bus. Uh, uh, give me a mobile number, innit? Um, 079. Yep. No, oh, sorry, 078. That's my number! 94. 94. Oh, hang on, I don't even know that. No, no, boss, it's all right, it's all right. Yeah, because he starts giving out his own number. And he thought, do you know what? I'm going to fly away around this. I'm going to phone another taxi company. Hello, I can help you. Yeah, can I have a taxi, please, mate? Well, same call centre, man. Oh, the <laughs> same call centre? Yeah, yeah. No, no, that'll do without um, a number. You no, know, we take numbers, so the calls are recorded as well, innit? All right, all right, no worries, no worries. Yeah. Cool.
Come on. As Michael McQueen, uh, McKeon tweeted yesterday, we only get one Joni Mitchell. Guys, we only get one Joni Mitchell. I think it's too late, man. I think the curse is already working its magic. It's evil, dark magic. Guys? I know. <gasps> it's awful. Honestly. Never. Yes. Yes. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. What's the opposite of chips? We'll get to that in a minute. I'll explain why. But before that, a BBC investigation has flagged up a potentially dangerous lack of healthcare for people in police custody. Security firm G4S, remember those guys? Hey, the Olympics, those guys, yeah, is responsible for providing cover for Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and four other police forces in the region. Trouble is, since the start of this month, they've reduced the number of on-call doctors in their pool. Now, there's one medic covering beds and hearts, and they're also expected uh, to be responsible for Cambridgeshire. Well, our Home Affairs correspondent, Sally Chidzoy, joins us now. Morning, Sally. Good morning. What kinds of uh, uh, healthcare do people in custody suites need? Well, they tend to be, a large number of them, uh, highly vulnerable. They, they may have uh, mental health issues. Uh, they may be having problems with alcohol, drugs, uh, learning disabilities they may have, and mental health issues. Uh, the elderly are often brought into police custody, and children as well. And uh, that for that reason, it's important that healthcare professionals, uh, when needed, get there uh, as quickly as possible. Because, of course, police officers are not trained to diagnose illness and assess injuries. And there's been a new contract that uh, kicked in on the 1st of April, which is, is why um, there is some flack amongst G4S staff, uh, healthcare professionals in particular. Uh, but what you've been hearing from various sources, I gather, is that healthcare professionals are struggling to respond to all of the call-outs that they're getting from the police. Yes, uh, I've spoken to a number of whistle uh, whistleblowers employed by uh, G4S. I've also got emails detailing their worries. They're concerned about the welfare of detainees, which is why they've gone public. They say the risks increased, they believe, because the number of doctors on call across the six police areas has been halved to three. And you've just mentioned uh, the cover for hearts. Uh, and beds and Cambridgeshire. Now, they are doing some of the work as well that doctors once did, and here's what one of them had to say. The staffing numbers are so low, we're struggling to meet the needs of detainees. It's impossible to get around to see everybody who needs to be seen because the staff are not there, and it's going to end up causing someone to be extremely unwell or a death in custody. Uh, now, these concerns are not specific to just Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire, are they? Uh, no, uh, this is a feeling uh, um, amongst uh, many healthcare professionals working at G4S across the region, that not only the, the hundreds of miles, that some of them are saying they're having to travel from one end of the county to the other and cross-border in some cases. They say they're tired when they get there, they're often delayed when they get there, and I'm told also that staff are bursting into tears because they can't cope with the pressures. There's also concerns around training and the new skills they're expected to take on uh, as a result of the doctors being reduced. Um, what are G4S saying? Well, G4S uh, are saying they don't accept this. And I I've spoken to John Shaw, the Manager Director of Public Services. He does say that the service is not yet running as they want it. 
No, we're not fully up to speed. So where, where we're at is we are transitioning the service from what it was previously, which was both doctor and nurse-led. It will still be doctor and nurse-led, but there'll be far more nurses. In fact, 16 additional staff will be delivering those services across East Anglia from June. Now, John Shaw also says they're ramping up the training for staff. At the moment, there are 50 healthcare professionals, so the 16 obviously would take it up to that 66 number, but the reduced doctors is a big concern. He strongly rejects claims by healthcare professionals that detainees are at risk. We are delivering the service to the required standard. No welfare of any detainees being put at risk. We are asking staff to work with us and to bear with us while we make this transition through to June. Uh, the GMB union is involved and the police have responded to this. What, what, what are everybody else saying? Right, the GMB union has held talks with G4S. That was a few days ago. The concerns have been aired there. In particular, it's being led in Norfolk. Uh, the six police forces involved were in, involved in commissioning and they've given us a statement. They acknowledge the complex medical needs and high demand for services by many people passing through custody. And they say if there are issues around service delivery within the custody environment, these will be addressed robustly as part of the contractual arrangements. Sally, thank you very much. Sally Chidzoy, our Home Affairs correspondent. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Freestyle, what you gonna do? So, let's play a little game. I want to play a game. I want to play a game. Oh, I don't like these games. You're at your wit's end? Yes. OK. There is a, a large gentleman, swarthy large gentleman, holding the door. You can't escape from the hotel room. Am I hungry? You are very hungry. That's what makes it worse. You've been trapped in this hotel room for six weeks and they've barely fed you. You're starving. This is both of you. OK. You're in separate Together. hotel rooms. You're in separate hotel I, I would have eaten her. You think they've told you that the other one is dead. This is a, kind of like a little bit of a side story. Wow, this is getting elaborate. This is a, kind of irrelevant, really, but this, this is just to create the scenario. Go on. And uh, the gentleman says... We're going to play the opposite of chips. It's the name of a game. OK. Oh, OK. You have to tell him the opposite of what he tells you. And you can play this at home, dear listener, uh, under not quite such terrifying circumstances. What happens if you get it wrong? He chops a finger off. Whoa! Well, his own or mine? Well, yours. Oh. <clears throat> uh, no, what happens is, no, he, he, he's... OK, so during that six weeks, yes, he's told you that the, the, the other one's been killed, but then uh, they, they're really messing with your mind. And then just before... He, so he says, I want to play a game. You go, OK. Uh, and I will feed you at the end of the game. OK. Uh, it's What's called, he going to give me, though? It's, hang on a minute, don't matter. It's called whatever you want. Room service, you're in a hotel. Chip butter. You're going to... Um, uh, I want to play a game. OK. You're going to get fed at the end. OK. The game is... What is the opposite of chips? OK. By the way, I lied. Your oh. friend is alive. Oh, you're messing oh. with my mind. That's, but that's every great. time you get an answer wrong, I chop oh. off her finger. It sounds as if she would uh. be better off dead, so... No, she's going to... Well, she, but you're going to both lose a finger here. Oh. Right, so we'll start. Can I lose this one first? Nope. You use that one the most. We'll start with we'll start with Catherine. Yeah. Because you've kind of got a hang of this game. We were playing it yesterday. So your finger's safe. Ish. What's the opposite yeah. of Yes. Vanilla. Chocolate. Boom. She's in. Kelly's finger's saved. Kelly. Thanks. Yes. Remember this. Mm. I saved your finger. Yes. What's the opposite of lemonade? Thing is. Oh. Whoa! to say coca-cola i want you to say what the opposite of lemonade is well coca-cola thank you very much indeed oh no hang on a minute not the, the temptations we, we want the travel oh, that was very tempting <laughs> travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio on 
in Chapman St Giles on Bowstridge Lane. That's been closed in both directions because of a building fire at a barn between the High Street and Narcot Lane in Chapman St Giles. In Marlow Hill on the in High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, there's some temporary traffic lights at Marlow Road just before the Leisure Centre. And also in Watford on Northwestern Avenue, there's roadworks going on at the Dome Roundabout, which could cause some delays later on. Looking at the M25, and it's looking uh, quite clear at the moment, and no delays on the A1M or the M1. On the train departure boards, though, the 614 service from Bedford uh, towards London is delayed. That's one that calls through Luton at 6.34. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. I want to play a game, Sammy. OK. I won't... What? I won't get, what? What game? The game is called What's the Opposite of Chips? OK. Right. A couple of easy ones for you. What's the opposite of uh, lemonade? I think I just heard Kelly's answer. Yeah, you can say it. Well, um, what about Rabina? <laughs> Are you insane, woman? It's not fizzy. It's just irrelevant. The opposite. We all know that the antidote... All right, let's an easy one. The opposite of white wine. Red wine. Thank you very much indeed. The opposite of uh, 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 vanilla. Chocolate. Okay, what's the opposite of chips? <laughs> you Chocolate. see? That's what happens. Your mind explodes. What's the opposite of chips? 6.17. It is uh, Thursday the 30th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire according to health workers. Firefighters in Buckinghamshire have been tackling a large blaze in Chalfont St Giles overnight involving industrial units and gas cylinders. And health professionals are turning a blind eye to obese and overweight children according to research by Luton and Dunstable Hospital. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sometimes in life, things don't always go to plan. It worked perfectly for two and a half, three years till two days ago. He should refund me £1,900. Which is where we come in. We managed to get them to agree to come back in to the property on an agreed date. The JVS show takes on your consumer problems. But I've basically lost the whole lot in administration charges. And helps to get to the right solution. I've received a cheque back for £578. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough. I don't know how you do what you do, you and your team. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Chocolate. 
apologise. Um, next week, guys. Not the writer of that song, actually. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I forgot they do this. Don't do drugs, kids, because this is what your head sounds like the whole time, and it sound, it's fun for about 20 seconds, but then the guy that wrote this is coming on next week. Kels? Do it again. Oh, yeah, cool. He's coming on next week. Bobby Hart's coming on. He, he wrote, wrote that in a bit more, didn't he? He wrote, um... He wrote that. What else? Hang on, let's, let's, um, let's... I'm, I'm so excited. He also wrote, he also wrote, um... Hang on a minute, let me get the old, uh, the old bamboo. He didn't write that. He also... Oh, look! I mean, he also wrote this, for goodness sakes. He's coming on next week. Flipping neck. Flipping neck. Steve's on the line. Good morning, Steve. Morning, Ian. I'm going to ask you three questions. Oh. Whose what? finger is at risk? No, no fingers are at risk with, with Steve. All right. Okay. He's a civilian. Steve, what's the opposite of chocolate? Milk. Oh, Steve. Chocolate Catherine's fingers off. Kelly, <laughs> next. <laughs> Whoa, he's doing this deliberately. What's. The, okay, here's, here's one, and this is another one that's a bit confusing. No, actually, I'll give you the easy option. What's the opposite of vinegar? Steve? 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 You don't... You it's not even a tricky one, Steve. You can't... The opposite of vinegar... Salt. Of course it is. But what's the opposite of salt? Pepper. Well... And vinegar. You can't have two. That's and the to, thing. If you're having fish. What's the opposite of chips? We've actually sent Justin Dealey out on the streets to uh, answer this. The opposite of vinegar, Kels. Well, listen. Oh, you really... Because salt and pepper are mates. Everybody knows that. Salt and vinegar are mates? Yeah, exactly. At the seaside. What's, n- n- uh, what's the opposite of vinegar? I don't know. A hat. Oh, crying out loud. And you just came up with a sick money-making scheme to cash in on Joni Mitchell. I did. Go and tell the boys and girls what you decided. We all go out and buy Joni Mitchell songs now. Yeah. When she does die, we can sell them for more. Outrageous. My counter to that was, why don't we, all of us, just go and buy Joni Mitchell records before she dies? Because when she dies, we'll all go and buy them. She won't know that she was loved. She's a little bit bitter. That's nice, But why don't we buy them now so that she knows that she's loved? Um, okay. Why don't we just all go around there? Well, because she's in a hospital in Canada, mate, and I doubt that, um, I don't know what the visiting hours are like. Okay. 08459 455 555. Now, doctors, it turns out, are still too frightened of upsetting parents when it comes to childhood obesity. That's according to research carried out by the Luton and Dunstable Hospital, which found that it's stopping clinicians talking to families about changes in lifestyle and diet. Catherine, what more do we know about this research? I will tell you what more we know. The study involved children visiting the outpatients department at the L&D over a 10-week period, and it looked at whether doctors and nurses offered any advice to those who were overweight or obese, including further investigation or further specialist support. While one in four children who visited the department were overweight or obese, few were offered any such intervention, while in contrast, all underweight children were investigated and given follow-up support. So it would appear that overweight kids are not being properly cared for. Certainly what the research would suggest. The study found that of the 11% of children who were obese as opposed to overweight, 
only a third were offered any support. Of the 14% of children who were overweight, only 2% were offered any advice or help. Now, paediatrician Dr Thomas Waterfield, co-led the study of more than 400 children at the <coughs> hospital, said that clinicians cited lack of time as a major reason for not bringing the issue up with parents, but also there was a fear of damaging their relationship with the parents. Uh, he said a cultural shift was needed in addressing children being overweight and also suggested GPs needed to bring the topic up with young patients. He also says that if one in four children reaching out patients are obese or overweight and it's not being reached before they get the, to the clinic, that would suggest to me that it's not being recognised in primary care. So it's not just when it gets to hospital, it needs to be recognised beforehand. Uh, and this lack of attention to obese children uh, goes against guidelines, Well, yeah, I mean, it? unsurprisingly, it goes against the guidelines of NICE, or the National Institute for Health and Care Excellent, uh, Excellence. NICE guidance says that healthcare professionals should aim to create a supportive environment that helps a child who is overweight or who has obesity do you have obesity? Um, and their family to make lifestyle changes. Do you have obesity no. or are you obese? Yeah. It's like, um, when I was thinking about this... For whom obesity is a problem. This is what I was thinking about last night. The monkeys is coming... Sounds incorrect, doesn't mm -hmm. it? But it's actually correct. The, be the Beatles is coming. The Beatles what? Well, no, that's, that's the correct phraseology. That's, that sentence is actually, it sounds incorrect. Mm -hmm. The Beatles is coming. Because it's a group called the Beatles. Yeah, but it's correct, isn't it? You wouldn't say the Beatles are coming is incorrect. You but, said the Beatles the children, is coming. the children is a group. Yep. And you wouldn't say the children is coming. What's being done about this? Paediatrician Dr Thomas Waterfield again says the Luton and Dunstable Hospital is currently training an obesity nurse specialist to support clinicians during outpatient clinics and offer additional training and educational support with a view to changing clinician attitudes towards obesity. The emerging research is being presented at the Royal College of Paediatricians and Child Health's annual conference today. OK. The opposite of carpet. Wooden floor. You would think it was. Or tiles. It's tiles, yeah. Is it lino? Uh, lino is a close second, but it's tiles. It's tiles, yeah. Sure. You would think it's wooden floor, but it's not. It, there is there is logic behind this. Mm. There's um, science. There's science. Um, <coughs> the opposite of radio. Telly. Yeah, of course, you see. You'd agree with that, wouldn't you, Kels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, so you, you, there's something we agree on. Because they're not mates. They're, they're enemies. They're exactly. deadly enemies. They're, you know, locked into... What's the opposite of you? Me. Me. Ah. You see? This is blowing my mind. What's the opposite of chips? 08459 455 555. Dealey's actually was quite keen to take this to the streets, wasn't he? Yeah, who started it? Um, me. I'm, I'm like, um, like a philosophizer, isn't it? Yeah. The monkeys is coming, is correct. Uh, also, I tell you what is coming, and this is not even a joke, and I was telling you this early upstairs, and you were wetting your, you're going, oh yeah, I can't wait for the gag. There's no gag. After half past six, I'm going to tell you the saddest story you've ever heard. Too sad for Coldplay. It's too sad. You can't even play music under it because it's just too sad. Is it a real story? Yes. Based on your life? No, it's in the newspaper. Honestly, oh. it is the... And look at you trying not to smirk. And look at... No, I'm ready. I'm no, your eyes are laughing. Yeah, you got they laughing. They always are, aren't yeah, they? You've got really, really laughy eyes. <laughs> uh, don't come to my funeral. It'll upset my mum. Um, the saddest... Who's that girl with the laughing eyes? <laughs> um, it's the saddest story ever. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio.
On the M1 southbound, there's reports of two lanes being blocked by a lorry that's broken down at Junction 11 for Luton. In Chalfont St Giles on Boistridge Lane, that's been closed in both directions between the High Street and Narcot Lane at Chalfont St Giles because of a building fire so the smoke blowing across the road. In Buckingham on the A413 London Road, there's roadworks at the total roundabout, which is looking clear at the moment on the speed sensors, but it could cause some delays later on. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy? Yes? Do you still do James Whale? I don't mean, you know, his radio <laughs> show. No, he doesn't let me. Does he not? No. What a tyrant. What a, what a bully. He, he's a meanie. I've just got a text from Anonymous. Can you please expand to four counties to include Essex as James Whale does my nut? I tell you what, Sammy, I'm going to make you president of the anti-James Whale oh, fan club, OK? He might come after me. Yeah, I know. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire, according to health workers. Firefighters in Buckinghamshire have been tackling a blaze in Chalfont St Giles overnight, involving industrial units and gas cylinders at a site in Bowstridge Lane. More than 100 Britons caught up in the earthquake in Nepal have flown back home. They came into Stansted Airport on a returning UK aid flight this morning. And health professionals are turning a blind eye to obese and overweight children, according to research by Luton and Dunstable Hospital. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chelsea are 13 points clear at the top of the Premier League after coming from behind to win 3-1 at Leicester. Jose Mourinho's side will be crowned champions if they beat Crystal Palace on Sunday. Here's John Murray. Chelsea showed the mark of champions here against a confident Leicester City team who'd won four matches in a row before this. Chelsea fell behind right at the end of the first half. Mark Albrighton, the scorer. But Jose Mourinho pushed Fabregas further forward and Chelsea upped their game. Drogba shot in the equaliser just three minutes after the break and the match-winning goals came in the last 11 minutes. First, John Terry from close range following a corner, his seventh goal of the season, and Fabregas set up Ramirez to shoot in from the edge of the box and take Chelsea to within one victory of being confirmed as champions. Boreham Wood won the first leg of their Conference South playoff semi-final 2-0 at Haventon Waterlooville last night. First half goals from Junior Murray and Graham Montgomery gave Ian Allenson's side the advantage for Saturday's second leg in Hertfordshire. Ronnie O'Sullivan is out of the World Snooker Championship after losing his quarter-final 13-9 to this man, Stuart Bingham. I've come out there 8 all. I've lost a first frame and then I miss the ball. It feels like, oh, it feels like I didn't miss the ball. Um, just unbelievable. Just so looking forward to tomorrow now for the one-table set-up. I had to sort of go back in the room now and I had to give myself five minutes, sort of had a little tear, rung the missus up and couldn't really speak on the phone. So, uh, yeah, brilliant. Another former champion, Neil Robertson, also lost 13-12 to Barry Hawkins. So the semi-final lineup is Bingham versus Judd Trump and Hawkins against Sean Murphy. And in Speedway, Rye House make the long trip to Redcar in the Premier League this evening. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've got something and you're not sure what the opposite of is, this is only for this hour, guys. This is why we're down the rabbit hole. We can play this game. Once we pop our heads out of the rabbit hole, um, then I'm afraid uh, we discuss this no longer. If you've got something you're not sure what the opposite of it is, go, give me a call. 08459 555 555. Jumper. Huh? Jumper. The opposite of a jumper? Um, well, now, strangely, it's a cardigan. 
No, it's yes. not. No, it's yes, T-shirt. It no, 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 it's a cardigan. Uh, you, and you know it is, don't you? I think you might have a point. Yeah. Where does a where does a tank top come into play? Oh, tank top. Well, uh, the, the opposite of a tank top is um, 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 shorts. Opposite of gloves. Scarf. Well, I would say mittens. Well, oh. you would make because you don't you haven't grasped it. Well, you can't with mittens. It's tricky, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's can't tricky. Yeah, Why? Well, I don't get mittens. What's the, what's the point of mittens? Have you ever tried to put gloves on a tiny child? Yeah. They I'm, put their fingers all in the I am wicked at putting gloves on a child now. Do you know what? Can we... Uh, Kelly? Yes. I'm going to do the saddest story in the world in a minute. Um, to, to, to recover from that, can you phone up Norris McWhorter from the Guinness Book of Records and ask him, what's the world record for um, a man putting gloves on small children? I don't know if it's the number of children in 60 seconds or if it's... Either way, I'll, I'll do it. I have small childlike hands and some gloves. Yep. So you could practice on me. No, don't, no, no, no. No, it don't, it don't work like that. Oh. You haven't got quite got the mind of a child, not quite. Oh, Anne-Marie. Yeah, she's um, um, the opposite of salt is sugar. No, I'm not having that. Uh, so yes, she's right. No, she's no, not. That's what I thought yesterday. Yeah. Adam says the opposite of chips are hash browns. Get out of no. town for crying out loud. Salad? What about it? What's the opposite of salad? Oh, it's a burger. Right. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Right, first of all, none of you told me little Chris had died. Well, oh, Twitter yeah, told died. you about three None of you ago. told me little Chris had killed himself. Did he? The opposite of a T-shirt is jeans. You're right, Scott, thank you. Did he? Lil, Lil, Lil Chris killed himself. I didn't know. I no didn't one told me. And I genuinely, I had a, I had a real soft spot for Lil Chris because he was in that rock school programme yeah. with Gene Simmons. Well, it was about a month ago, wasn't it? And it was all over Twitter, so I assumed that you'd be on top of it. Mate, I don't... Um... But there were little hints being dropped very heavily in the papers that he'd been suffering with depression. Well... Uh, and that he'd gone rather quiet. Well, you want it? OK. How yeah, old really is he? sad. He's young. He's he was young. about twenty something. He was about wasn't he? twelve, I think, wasn't he? No, older. Right, the saddest story in the world. Okay, and I don't know if after this, I'm not going to play any music over it because it, honestly, this is such a sad story. I is read there this. A song you'd like me to get ready to well, go I've into? I've got, I've got an up-tempo pop song, Manfred right. Mann, but I don't know whether I should play just a really sad song after or, it. Or I know what we do. We have a minute of thinking time, and then we carry on. We can't think for too long because the, uh, the emergency tape. Yeah, emergency tape. I, I was. Uh, 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 hang on a second. We're um, uh, we're either going to play up tempo. It's either that or it's down tempo. Oh. Oh. I mean, it's 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 this. It's this. We're going to do it. We're going to what we're going to do. Radio, theatre of the mind. We're going to create an atmosphere of vibe and emotion, unusual for us as we go down the rabbit hole. But this is what we like. We're going to create a vibe. Honestly, without shadow of a doubt, the saddest story in the world. It only gets one, two, three, four, five paragraphs. The headline: Lonely Boys Birthday Fun. Already. Oh, I know. Oh. Already lonely boys' birthday fun. Thumb. F fun. Oh. This is the, uh, uh, no comment. That sounds like it's going to be a fun story. No comments from either of you, please. Go. No, I'm listening. I'm ready. A boy with no friends got more than 200 birthday cards from across the world after his mum appealed for well wishes on Facebook. It's a good start. It's mm. a good start. Why would his mum do that? Shh. I'll tell you why, mate. I'll tell you why when we get to the... I'll tell you why when we get to the second from last paragraph. I'll cough, and that's going to tell you... That means I'm reading the bit that's going to tell you why his mum would do that. Molly Mole Povey's post... <laughs> oh, mate! Kelly. 
Honestly, this isn't a joke. Molly Mole Povey's post <laughs> went viral, and Roman, 11, received cards from uh, as far away as Australia. And 61 people turned up with party poppers on the eve of his big day yesterday. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> Patronising party. Roman struggles to find friends and often cries himself to sleep. So, does he die? Oh, mate, you ruined it! There are places I'll remember all my life Though some have changed, some forever Not for better, some have gone And some remain, all these places have their moments with lovers and friends I still can recall Some are dead And some are living In my life I've loved them all But of all these friends And lovers There is no Compares with you And these memories Lose their meaning When I think of love As something new Though I know I'll never lose Affection For people and things That went before I know I'll often stop and think about them In my life, I love you more For people and things that went before I know I'll often stop and think about them In my life, I love you struggles to find friends and often cries himself to sleep. Catherine, what are you doing in the papers? Avon lady who earns more than the Prime Minister. What the heck? Yeah, she's... Ding dong, Avon calling. In fact, she doesn't need to bother anymore. You should go to her house. It's probably massive. One of her houses, she's bought an extra house. She's that rich. 170 grand a year for a 20-hour week. Is she paying tax on that? 
I'm sure she is. I bet she is. Not so long ago, she was so hard up that she had to ask the guests at her wedding to pay for their own food. Yeah. But then Avon came calling, and now Gail Reynolds holidays in exotic spots all over the world, drives luxury cars, and has just splashed out on a £500,000 second home by the sea. Oh, and she earns more than the Prime Minister, raking in £170,000 a year for a 20-hour week. She had no education and no job, she says, when she started selling cosmetics door-to-door for Avon to try to raise some cash. She now manages a team of 2,500 other sellers for the beauty brand famous for its ding-dong Avon calling TV commercial. Well, speaking of Hitler... (laughs) Wow. Huh? That escalated. <laughs> well, uh, there's this book out, and I'm really intrigued by it, and I want to get it, but I don't believe it. What's wrong? Oh, I just had a bit of a... What? Head um, aneurysm. explosion. Brain aneurysm. Yeah, you know when it just... Well, it's been nice working with you. But, mm. yeah. Go on, carry on, it's fine. It's, pro- it's probably OK. There's this book out, and, I've, and it's been serialised in some of the papers, and I'd love to get it, but I just don't believe it. Go on, what, what's so Hitler's last day. Mm-hmm. Have you seen... Have you read the extracts from this? No. And it charts... Hitler's last day. You're quite boring. You were stuck in a bunker. No, wasn't mate. You? Oh, mate. The last day. No, no. Well, the last day wasn't. Um, okay. Twelve thirty p.m. is Hitler's last day. In his study, Hitler sta- uh, sends for Bormann. Stan Bormann. No, he didn't like the Germans. Who arrives in a sleep-crumpled suit? Hitler tells him the time has come. Fraulein Brown, Braun, and I will end our lives this afternoon. Where's the bit where the kid says bullseye when Hitler shoots himself? <gasps> Um, where's the bit? Um, <clears throat> Hitler's valet, Heinz Ling, closes the door behind the Führer and Braun. A few moments later, there's a commotion in the corridor. Magda Goebbels is crying and begging to see the Führer. She's panicking as the reality of killing her own children comes closer. Oh, there's a bit where, um, Goebbels' kid says, um, 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 bullseye. It's not in this extract. Anyway, question, how do they know? How do they know what was said? How do the, uh, uh, the Jonathan Mayo and Emma Craigie, who wrote this book, how do they know at 3.40pm, Ling opens the door and enters the study. Borman is close behind him. They find Hitler and Braun side by side on the sofa. Uh, Braun is sitting to Hitler's right on the low table. In front of them is the little brass box in which she kept her cyanide file. How do they know this? Here we go. 3.30. How do they know at 3.30? At the kitchen table in the upper bunker corridor, the Goebbels' children are eating a late lunch. There's the sound of a gunshot. They all fall silent. Then the youngest, Helmut, oh, shouts bullseye. Helmut would shout bullseye, wouldn't he? But why? How? How do they know that? How do they know? I mean, the Nazis were known for their meticulous note-taking, among other things. Not to be admired. But I just want... How do they know that? Someone was scribbling it down, clearly. The opposite of Hitler? Churchill. Mother Teresa. Come on, guys. Oh. Come on, guys. Uh, what have you got? Uh, another thing. Oh, Baltimore Mum has been speaking. Oh, yeah. She's in the mirror. Hang on. I'll tell you one for a minute. Hang on. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Well, uh, oh, yeah, this bloke, <laughs> right? Lonely OAP. Oh, he's another sad one. Sad for the yeah. only o- the lonely OAP. Not yeah. sad for a builder, but sad for the lonely OAP's family. You ready for this? Yes. When he cleared his gutters at a pensioner's bungalow. Sorry. He was just clearing the gutters. Yeah, he was clearing the gutters. It's not a euphemism for goodness' sake. Sounds like one. Not after yesterday's show. Don't want to get Everjoy on the phone again. It sounds like one, but it's not. No. You wouldn't get rewarded for that. Well. <laughs> Thank you. 
This is a really hot... What has gotten into you today? This is a really upsetting story. It's a family at war. Right. When he did that... Uh, when well, he did what? I can't say it. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M1 southbound, a lorry's broken down at Junction 11 for Luton, and so that's causing some delays because the lane's closed. On the M25, anti-clockwise, there's a lane blocked on the exit slip road at Junction 24 for Potter's Bar, and in Chalfont St Giles on Bowstridge Lane, that's been closed in both directions because of smoke blowing across the road because of barns on fire between the High Street and Narcot Lane. In Milton Keynes, it's looking quiet so far on the A421 standing way, but there's roadworks at the Kingston Roundabout, which are likely to cause some delays later on this morning. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. We'll, we'll try and find out what um, Catherine, uh, what the story is. Was it an old man's gutters were cleaned? Yeah? We'll, we'll try and get to the bottom of that as quickly as we can. Let me do this first. You right? I'm fine. Okay, good, good for you. 6.46, uh, Thursday the 30th of April, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. That's according to health workers. Firefighters in Buckinghamshire have been tackling a large blaze in Chalfont St Giles overnight involving industrial units and gas cylinders. And health professionals are turning a blind eye to obese and overweight children. That's according to research by Luton and Dunstable Hospital. We'll speak to Daily in a minute. We'll also have an introducing track. Before that, here's the weather with Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. Today is going to be a day of sunny spells and the odd shower at times as well. Those showers most likely to pop up through the middle part of the day. Uh, we could see one or two heavy ones perhaps, but I think on the most, for the most part they're going to be quite light and they'll be few and far between, so I think you'd be unlucky to catch one basically, and particularly towards southern areas, most likely I think towards northern areas of the three counties. So watch out for those showers through the middle part of the day. They'll tend to die away as we head into the late afternoon and it will be a lovely end to the day with lots of sunshine around late April sunshine, so giving us a little bit of heating. We're looking at uh, 15 or 16 Celsius, 61 in Fahrenheit and a light to moderate westerly breeze. Now, through this evening and overnight, then it's going to be really quite chilly. We could see lows of one or two degrees, perhaps a touch of frost on the grass into tomorrow morning with those light winds too. Uh, tomorrow, a chillier day because we've got the wind coming in from the northeast. There will be some sunshine around, but it will tend to be quite hazy, but it will be a dry day tomorrow. Now, over the bank holiday weekend, at the moment, the details keep changing so do keep an eye on the forecast if it's important to you where and when it does rain um, but Saturday now looks like it's going to be a dry day but rather cloudy quite cool and then on Sunday it looks like uh, we're going to see the rain push in so a bit of a washout on Sunday and then Monday there'll be some showers around but it will be a bit milder but as I said the details do keep changing so keep an eye on the forecast but that's it for now Spend your bank holiday Monday with us here at BBC Three Counties Radio. From six, Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle wake you up with a mix of music, banter and news. From nine, the Milton Keynes Marathon with Mike Naylor. I'm really pleased. I thought it was going to take longer. Excellent marathon, beautiful route, perfect. From midday, Nick Coff is here with more marathon coverage and Watford's open-top bus tour. Yasmin Khan's here from three with everything that's happening across beds, hearts and bucks. And from six, hear the tale of BBC introducing success stories. The whole back of the river was platinum when I got to Australia. You know, the radio just wanted to play it, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a crazy feeling. Bank Holiday Monday, here on BBC Three Counties Basically, Radio. us three are poning Bank Holiday Monday. Hey. It's the three of us. It's Kelly, the opposite of a door. A window? Yes. But it's not. 
It, it, but it is. Surely the opposite of a door would be... An arch. The wall. <laughs> the opposite of a wall, for crying out loud. Or a knocker. That's doorbells. The opposite of a knocker is a doorbell. Oh, we, yes. we know that. Oh, I wasn't here. Sorry, I missed Let's, that one. Well, hang on a second. Let's ask Sadiq. Sadiq, what's the opposite of a knocker? Doorbells. Thank you. Anyway. The opposite of uh, wood? Plastic. Metal. Fire! Oh, guys, Justin! Oh, dearie, dearie me, Sadiq. I love you, boss. Let me get started. Sadiq, sorry, what, what's the opposite of uh, knockers? Doorbells. Thank you, Sadiq. <laughs> the opposite of a door, by the way, is a back door. No. <laughs> Still a door. Still a door, Joss. <laughs> you were doing so well at this game yesterday when no, we were listen, having breakfast. I, I know how to play this game. I know how to win. It's you guys who don't know how to win. OK, Justin. Mm. I'm going to turn all of our microphones off, OK? Cause it's yeah. going to be you freestyling solo. OK. Explain to the listener yeah. how the opposite of a door is a back door. Over to you. OK. Um, so you said, what is the opposite of a door? I'm presuming that you mean front door to a property. Quite simply, the opposite is at the back of the property, that, my friend, is a back door. Thank you very much. Good night. You know what assume um, makes, don't you? Go on. An ass out of you and me. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 I didn't mention a front door, mate. It's just door. Mm. The opposite of a door. Just a, a door, door is, yeah? A door is a door. Might have been an interior door, you assumed. <clears throat> Silly. It's just, it's just a door, mate. So I'm getting technical. Nobody, nobody's got okay. technical with you so far this morning. I'm getting go. technical and you don't like it. Kelly's not got this yet. Let's try another one with Kelly. Obvious one. Opposite of a cat. A dog. Beautiful. You got it, you say. And you'd agree with that? Yes. Um, Thank you. Because no. that is oh, hang on, hang on. I got one, I got one. Hang on, Justin disagrees. Tiger. <laughs> they're not the opposite. They're, the they're the it's same a cat. thing. It's a cat, no. just. They, they share 99.999% of the same DNA, you plant. <laughs> they're cousins. Opposite of a rabbit. Opposite of a rabbit. Guinea pig, boom shakalak. Yeah, oh, that's a good See, one. Obvious. some things you're saying clearly have opposites. Yeah. Salt and pepper are mates. You're thinking of the rap duo. And I don't no. think they are mates anymore. They certainly no. fell out with Spinderella. Yeah. <laughs> Is that her name? Yeah, that's it was really... Spinderella. By the way, Catherine and I did a... Um, uh, 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 we freed um, um, some uh, hostages yesterday. Wow. We went and raided the vinyl library downstairs. We went and downstairs. raided the vinyl library downstairs. Uh, it's a very dark cellar, OK? Mm, I even, know, because I tipped you off. Yeah. Don't get any thanks for it, it's but yeah. even, It's even darker when Mark Travers comes down and turns the light off. <laughs> and we were in there making a hell of a racket. Yeah. Well. Anyway, we, 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 we have, tomorrow's show is going to have quite an 80s feel to it, I think, because yeah. we nicked loads of singles. We hear that section. The best single I got, though... The theme tune to Bread. Wow. Yeah, on 7-inch. Goodness me. Kels, you know that? No. Gotta get up, gotta, gotta get, get out. Grab the well by the throat and... Shoot! <laughs> Sell it. The game's getting out. Cos someone's dealing you will lose it. Ba-ba-da, ba-ba-da. Down and hide. And what's the opposite to bread? Butter. Don't say toast. Butter. Yeah, butter. I know, they're mates. Can I tell you this story about the gutter? You just reminded me. Yes, then we'll do... Then we'll do... Um, the, uh, chips, then we'll do introducing. Right, right okay. okay. Here we go. I'm going to hit you with this now. Right, this is going to be sad. For two out of the three people concerned. Yes. When he cleared the gutters at a pensioner's bungalow, builder Daniel Sharp waived the fee and said it was a nothing job. Yeah. But it resulted in an unexpected windfall six years later when Ronald Butcher, 75, left him his entire £500,000 estate, disinheriting his relatives. Never! 
true. His family are disputing his will in the High Court, claiming it does not reflect Mr Butcher's true last wish. But Mr Sharp says the document, drawn up two months before Mr Butcher's death, is valid and that he must have fallen out with his family. <gasps> would you take the money? If you were the builder, would you take it? Has he left it to me as well? Yeah. Did I clean his gutters for free? Yeah. I'm taking the money. Mm. Of course I'm taking the money. I'd feel funny about it. I don't think I'd want it. Opposite of a house, Justin. Flat. Caravan. What? Caravan. Wow. Yes. What about a bungalow? No, thanks. I'm not hungry. <laughs> of course you take the money. Of course you take the money. Uh, just, listen, we've got running out of time. We've got to play this, uh, yep, this yep. Uh, your thing, and we've got to introducing. You've mm. taken the opposite of chips to the streets. We don't yeah. know what the opposite of chips is. I think I've got the answer. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's. Uh, what have people been saying? Well, I think I've got the answer as well. Oh, the, streets, the streets were buzzing this morning. Hey. And before I play this, can I just say that I am so proud to be English. Here's what the streets had to say. Let's get the Philippines' perspective. Madam, what's the opposite of chips? French fries. No. Let's get the Polish perspective. What's the opposite of chips? Gypsy. Or... No, 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 chips. Chips. Opposite of chips. Uh, you know, it's a good question. It's a great question. Maybe meat. Meat? Mm. Fish. Fish. Sarah, what's the opposite of chips? Fish. Yes! Straight in there. That was incredible. Oh, lovely. You're the first person who said that this morning. How does that make you feel? Like I'm more awake than everyone else. <laughs> Have a good day, madam. Thank you. OK, let's go to Albania this time. What's the opposite of chips? Opposite of chips? Mmm. Mmm. See how clever you Albanians really are. <laughs> uh, onion? <laughs> that was pathetic. What? Thanks, Chief. <laughs> Albanians? I'm J-Dog. Hello. Oh. What's the opposite of chips? Fish. Come here, give me a big cuddle. Fish. <laughs> well done. Fair play to you. Yeah. Thank you. That's all right. That's all right. Sadly inaccurate, Justin. <laughs> it was fish. No, it's not. Fish. You told me it was fish. Yeah, well, I've been reconsidering. So now I look a muppet on the streets. Yeah, the opposite of chips is beans. Thanks, mate. Kells? I think Kath is right. I think it's salad. Oh, the opposite of salad is... <laughs> We're doing a minute. Of the buzz, no compromise. Right thing, wrong time. No aching or breaking, I'm doing fine. Baby, just maybe. When it's too late. 
I said that one. Oh, hang on a minute, this one. Do you want to open my mic? Yes, boss. Right. Casey Lee, she's from yep. Aylesbury. She's 21. This is her song called Catch 22. She's brilliant. Uh, introducing Saturday nights from 8pm. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Dealey, we've got a question for you for the next hour. Morrisons are getting rid of um, loads of their self-service tills and bringing back, like you know, people. Catherine, the question for Dilly to take to the streets. Are self-service tills morally wrong? Oh... <laughs> Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's slow on the M1 southbound because the lane's closed at Junction 11 for Luton because the lorry's broken down. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's a lane blocked on the exit slip road at Junction 24 for Potter's Bar, causing slight delays. And in Chalfont St Giles on Bowstridge Lane, that's still closed in both directions between High Street and Narcot Lane because there's smoke blowing across the road from a barn fire nearby. In Milton Keynes on the A421 Standing Way, it's looking fine at the moment around the Kingston roundabout, but expect delays there because of the roadworks. And on the A10 southbound at Chesson, that's looking slow from the New River Trading Estate towards the M25 at Enfield. No reports though of any problems on the trains. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you. Uh, Gareth says the opposite of uh, chips is eggs. Uh, mm, it, no, no, it's beans. We've established, we've established, dear listener, uh, that it is, is beans. Uh, are self-service tills morally wrong? I mean, wow. I don't approve of them, but I use them all the time. It means I don't have to speak to a plum. Guys, it's time to uh, climb out of the rabbit hole. Let's never mention again what just happened in the last hour. All right, my dears. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, safety fears for people in police custody, firefighters tackle Buckinghamshire blaze and health professionals ignoring overweight children. BBC Three Counties Radio. A lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire, according to health workers. They also claim they are understaffed and are travelling hundreds of miles to cover police call-outs. John Shaw is Managing Director for Public Services at G4S, which has just taken over the contract at the beginning of the month. No, we're not fully up to speed. So where, where we're at is we are transitioning the service from what it was previously, which was both doctor and nurse-led. It will still be doctor and nurse-led, but there'll be far more nurses. In fact, 16 additional staff will be delivering those services across East Anglia from June. Firefighters in Buckinghamshire have been tackling a blaze in Chalfont St Giles overnight involving industrial units and gas cylinders at a site in Bowstridge Lane. Around 40 firefighters have been at the scene since just before 9.30 last night. A number of explosions have been reported and overhead power lines have been affected. Road closures are also in place.
Health professionals are turning a blind eye to obese and overweight children, according to research by the Luton and Dunstable Hospital. The trust, which is presenting its findings today, claims the children are being overlooked for a variety of reasons, including a fear of upsetting parents. More from Tony Fisher. In the study, one in four children who visited the hospital over a 10-week period were either overweight or obese. Of these, only a few had been given advice and follow-up support before attending outpatients. NHS guidance states healthcare professionals should aim to create a supportive environment to help the child and their family make lifestyle changes. More than 100 Britons caught up in the earthquake in Nepal have flown back home. They came into Stansted Airport on a returning UK aid flight this morning. The Chief Secretary to the Treasury, Danny Alexander, says the Tories were behind a drive to slash £8 billion from the welfare budget. He says the planned cuts were discussed in the coalition but vetoed by the Lib Dems. The Conservatives say the proposals are definitely not their policy. Meanwhile, the Sun has formally backed the Conservatives but its sister paper, The Scottish Sun, has come out in favour of the SNP. New technology is being developed to stop mid-air collisions, such as one over Bedfordshire in which one man died. An inquest heard yesterday that the pilots of two planes which collided over Little Barford last September didn't see each other until it was too late. Jonathan Smith from Nat says a navigation system used for larger planes is now being developed for light aircraft. We believe that the deployment of the, uh, the, the device and the functionality will mean that uh, pilots will be able to um, enhance see and avoid, so they won't stop looking out of the window, but they will be able to enhance the technique of see and avoid by some sort of electronic indication that there may be an aeroplane close to them. In sport, Chelsea are 13 points clear at the top of the Premier League after coming from behind to win 3-1 at Leicester. Jose Mourinho's side will be crowned champions if they beat Crystal Palace on Sunday. The weather, a mixture of sunny spells and scattered showers, some of which may turn heavy and perhaps thundery this afternoon. A maximum temperature 13 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Bear, bear with me. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. So, uh, are self-service tills uh, morally wrong? Uh, you know, it's weird. In the supermarket, I'll use them all the time. I refuse to at the post office. What? That happening there, near? Oh, and other bits and pieces. We'll, we'll make it up as we go. We'll make it up as we go along. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Scott says on uh, the, the tweet, self-service tills are brilliant. My mate put a telly through his onions, £4.86. Please don't credit that to me, thanks. Oh, sorry, you should put that first. Always put that first. I thought that that would have a tag on it. I once put um, a, uh, um, a, a large coffee through as a regular coffee. By accident? Well, I was doing it to test it to see if it worked, to see how sensitive the weight, because it's all done by yeah. weight. Uh, and it went through, and I felt terrible. I felt terrible, and I just kind of shuffled out of that shop, and I felt awful. 30 pence, I'd ripped them, ripped them Tesco it was, ripped them off. <gasps> felt awful. 
There was a spate at my local Tesco. They started a Krispy Kreme concession. Oh, yeah. It was a spate of people putting them through as being not fancy ones. And yeah. Not fancy ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are um, uh, self-service tills morally reprehensible? 08459 is the phone number. Now, a lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk. That's according to an investigation from BBC East. There's a BBC East? which found police stations in Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Cambridge, sure, are relying on one on-call doctor. One. G4S is responsible for the service, and while it dismisses the idea it's struggling, it admits it's not up to speed. Well, Dr Michael Wilkes is from the British Medical Association. Good morning, Doctor. Hello. Uh, this situation, does it surprise you? I'm afraid not. Um, we've been warning... Uh, NHS England that this was going to happen if they went ahead without adequate funding for a new service where the NHS is going to take over. The NHS is going to take over custody health care next year. But in the meantime, police forces have actually been contracting, usually with private companies. But because the budget is so low, they have decided to use a very thin um, level of medical cover. And we have to remember that the people in police custody that, that, um, that we look after, I, I'm, I'm a forensic physician myself, we have to remember that these patients are highly vulnerable. They often have high levels of mental health, um, alcohol and drug use. And in addition, one of the things that we're doing when we're seeing them is taking forensic evidence. It needs an awful lot more than the training um, that's being given to um, these unfortunate doctors and nurses, and, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that they've actually been speaking out about it. Um, they've gone from the kind of level of specialism that I've got over several years to giving completely untrained doctors and nurses no more than three days of training and then letting them loose in the police station on their own. I think it's disgraceful. What, what kind of extra training would a doctor need to, to be able to, to function properly in this environment? Well, we have an educational body called the Faculty of Forensic and Legal Medicine that set out extremely clear guidelines on um, introductory training, on uh, things like um, examination of uh, injuries, taking of samples, often in very complex cases, making assessments about whether someone's fitness fit to be detained and fit to be interviewed, um, and detailed management of alcohol and drug use. Um, that's just a few of the issues that we're trained in. Um, and it takes a long time to get the right level of expertise. What we're ultimately talking about here in terms of the health care of uh, police detainees uh, is safety. Uh, G4S say that they are in the process of recruiting more nurses. Um, is that going to help the situation at all? It, yes, it doesn't matter. Um, as far as the BMA is concerned, it, it doesn't matter whether nurses um, or doctors are looking after detainees. It's about the right level of training right. and about the right number to deal with what can often be um, an extremely um, rapid uh, influx of patients. I mean, you know, if you uh, if you're in a police station and, and it's not uncommon for, for six people to be suddenly brought in with multiple injuries from an assault. Um, if you've got one doctor or nurse covering a whole county, those people are going to sit in custody with untreated injuries, untreated medical problems, and of course, all the evidence that you might want to be able to take fairly, fairly quickly um, may be lost. So. 
Um, it doesn't matter who does it as long as they have the right level of training. It, it, this isn't even one county, though, Michael. This is this is Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire, and Cambridgeshire, all relying on on one on-call doctor. G4S say that because of things like telediagnosis, I guess that means over the phone or over Skype or something, um, that they don't need as many doctors as perhaps they would have done in the past. I'm afraid that's complete rubbish. You've got to have one-to-one um, -one contact with, with detainees. You've got to make sure they're safe. You've got to make an assessment of um, particularly fitness to interview. You've got to look at the forensic evidence. You can't do that over a, um, you know, over a remote uh, method. And ultimately, what you've got to do is be prepared to go to court to give evidence in these cases as to whether you were competent or not. And I think that um, the uh, solicitors representing some of these um, detainees, if, if they're charged and then go to court, are going to be extremely worried about the level of, if you like, forensic evidence that these some um, highly stressed um, uh, and, and, and probably undertrained uh, doctors are going to be um, going to be giving in court. You know, this is a this is a serious problem that we have repeatedly told NHS England, who are managing this handover. Uh, I've been in touch with Norman Lamb, the minister, to say that we are worried about the potential for increases in serious events and deaths in custody because he's particularly responsible for overseeing reductions in deaths in custody. And I'm afraid the response that I've had both from NHS England and from Mr Lamb uh, have been completely complacent. They haven't engaged with the problem. They're actually in denial, I think, about how the interim arrangements which are being managed so badly are causing such a high level of risk. Could, could more people... Are our lives actually at risk because of this situation? Well, I don't want to see more deaths in custody. They're, they're at a, a historic low, although there has been a slight kick-up in deaths in custody, both in, in prisons and in police stations in the last two years. But I can't see how the increase in risk that is now happening because of the lack of um, any standards of, of, of training, uh, the reduced number of healthcare professionals. I can't see how that is going to go on without certainly some very serious uh, unexpected incidents. Um, and I'm afraid I personally think there will be an increase in deaths. Michael, we're just starting to lose the line, so I'm going to let you go, but I really appreciate your time there. Dr Michael Wilkes from the British Medical Association, right at the very end there, just in case you missed it, he su suspects that uh, it is possible that we might see an increase in the number of deaths in custody as a result of this. Thank you, Doctor. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So here's the, here's the news, guys. Till's back at stores. Supermarket Morrison's is bringing back 1,000 manned tills. It found 67% of shoppers shun self-service checkouts, dreading the unidentified item in the bagging area warning. And out of the 60% who always pick a manned till, oh no, 96% did so for a chat? I don't want to talk... How's your day going? None of your flipping business! Just just put me chocolate through. Having a good day so far? None of your business. And then I get some people who, who uh, sometimes recognise me from, like, doing Big Brother. and You're doing Big Brother this. No, I'm not doing Big Brother. No, shut up. I don't want to talk to you.
Sell me my bread. I'm quite famous in the local Tesco as well, but not because I've been on Big Brother. No? Because my mother-in-law used to work there, oh. and she was one of the chatty cashiers. Oh, gosh. So uh, all her colleagues you, have sort of know everything about my children. In fact, my children know more people in Tesco's than I do, because they used to go in there with their grandparents. Oh, well, when the kid, when they got the kids in the trolley, and, it, you know, it's kind of like, nice for them to have a little bit of interest. I don't want to talk to somebody, though. Just, uh, you having a good day? What's it got to do with you? I'm just having a better day than you because I'm not stopping on a till in the, sh- the supermarket. I don't mind it as long as it doesn't get too intense, the conversation. I don't want to be talking about politics or religion or anything like that. Oh, now, see, that I'd kind of dig. Who are you going to vote for? Oh, you want to have that conversation. I also had the experience of... Hey, that 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 um, that Jesus, huh? That Allah, those guys, they were crazy. You want to have that... Co- I'll do that conversation. <laughs> I've also been in a queue where the woman has had exactly the same conversation with yeah. every single person and it started out with oh my split ends are terrible today how are you they go on a course they go on a course on how to have a conversation there's like a day's training they don't go go on a course on how to um, wash their hair no my mother-in-law got told off for chatting too much i like it when you're like buying a sandwich and they're like is that your lunch i'm like yeah i like it if they talk to me because it means it means you don't have that race I don't like it when they are oh, purposefully no. shoving that oh. stuff along the uh, conveyor belt faster than you can pack it. No, I love I it. I don't like the pressure. I consider I that the bags open. Oh, I the consider bags. that a challenge. I consider that a challenge. I'm the fastest packer in the the, the apparently West. it's in East of England region. I didn't realise. Wow. I'm an excellent packer. Honestly, bring no, it I, on. I've been known to say, can you slow down a bit? Please? Oh, I'm I've trouble with these bags, as you can see. I've been known to say, can can you speed it up a bit? You want to have a ra- let's have it. Let's have it. Let's use the bit. I'm, I'm stood there waiting while they're trying to get the utterly butterly through. But the question is, uh, self-service tills, do, to self-serve or not to self-serve? Are they morally wrong? 08459 They're just better, aren't they? Because you don't want to talk to those people, do you? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's slow from Junction 12 for Flitwick to Junction 11 for Dunstable because of a breakdown. On the M1 northbound, there was an accident uh, between Junction 16 for Daventry and 17 for the M45 in the roadworks, but that has just reported to be cleared. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, there's a lane blocked on the exit slip road to the roundabout because the lorry's broken down at Junction 24 for Potter's Bar. On the M25 also anti-clockwise it's busy from junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40 and in Chalfont St Giles Bowstridge Lane is still closed in both directions between the high street and Chalfont St Giles at Narcot Lane because of a building fire so there's smoke blowing across the road Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Sammy 7.15 It's Thursday the 30th of April, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. That's according to health workers. Firefighters in Buckinghamshire have been tackling a large blaze in Chalfont St Giles overnight involving industrial units and gas cylinders. And health professionals are turning a blind eye to obese and overweight children, according to research by Luton and Dunstable Hospital. BBC Three Counties Radio. The general election on the BBC. We're bringing you the news as it happens, wherever you happen to be. Just enter your postcode on the BBC News website and you'll see all the details of your constituency and the latest news from where you live. We're helping you understand the policies and key issues. And what they mean to you. Election 2015 on the BBC. Making it clear. 
call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Doctors are still too frightened of upsetting parents when it comes to childhood obesity. That's according to research carried out by the Luton and Dunstable Hospital, which found that it has stopped clinicians talking to families about changes in lifestyle and diet. Stuart King is the director of Busy Bodies, which runs programmes in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire designed to uh, help families get healthy. Morning, Stuart. Good morning. So the, the story is that doctors, um, uh, some doctors, are reluctant to tell parents that their kids are um, overweight. That's not a particularly good situation to be in, is it, for anybody? Um, no, uh, but I do think that, that there's some, some justification for it. It's a very difficult conversation to have with people. Um, Why is it so difficult? Because if a doctor's concern is for the health of a child, then yeah. surely it should be um, I- easy to say, you know, you're not saying your kid's ugly or your kid's smelly, you're saying your kid's overweight. That, that should be an easy thing to say, shouldn't it? In theory, it should. Um, and, uh, for example, if I was to say that a child was asthmatic, no-one would take offence. But if I, if I use the word obese uh, or overweight about someone's child, there's a lot of um, social stigma around that, those terms. And so I think that's why that's why doctors are sort of a little bit reluctant sometimes because they've got to build a relationship with um, with their patients. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I can I can understand that. And maybe we we need to change our attitude towards what being fat and overweight and obese actually means because it is to point it out is uh, in the best interest of the child. Absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's, I think it's just a, a social stigma, really. Um, actually, being overweight and, and, and obese is, is a medical condition, and, and, ob- and not in, in addition to that, um, you know, there's a lot of social conceptions, and it's, it's built into everyone's everyday life. It's not just a, a singular thing that can be just treated with a pill. Um, so actually, there's lots of different things that people need to do to be able to manage their weight. Um, but the first thing that people need to do is, is be able to identify that, and that's really, uh, you know, it's a big barrier for people. The thing is, the doctors will tell um, families that their kids are underweight. Yeah, yeah, because there's no social stigma to being underweight per se, not to the same extent. I'm trying to, um, uh, I'm trying to phrase a question, and I can't quite phrase it in my head. Uh, but, but the, the basic essence of it is um, uh, stuff social stigma. Is is kind of what I'm, I'm trying to get round to. You know, if if the the health the health is the most important thing. Doctors are worried about upsetting parents, aren't they, I guess? Yeah. And yeah. Um, uh, part of me thinks tough, tough, because it's kind of the parents' fault. If you've got an eight-year-old that's overweight, it's the parents' yeah. fault, isn't it, ultimately? They're responsible for what that kid eats. Uh, and if they're worried about upsetting the parents, well, you know what? Tough. But it, it, see, it, it's phraseology like that. It's the parents' fault. I mean... Well, the doctor's they, not going to say that. That's me saying that. But it, it is no, the parents' no, but, fault, but isn't that's it? What, but that's what they're thinking. That parents, when you know, they they know that parents are going to interpret it that way, and they know that parents are going to think, Tough. "God, this is all my fault," and it's going to be, you know, something that that they feel bad about, they Tough. feel guilty about. Tough. Well, perhaps, perhaps so. But you know, we have to. You know, doctors aren't aren't there to to upset people. Uh, they're there to try and help people, and they they have to use a certain bedside manner. There are lots of things doctors can do to raise the issue more sensitively. You know, to talk about weighing them, weighing a measure in the child in front of them, and then saying, "I've got a couple of concerns. Is it something you're concerned?" About? about um you know and bringing it up in a slightly more um acceptable way um but you know it is still a difficult conversation i mean obviously work with lots of um, families with overweight children yeah and it is it is something that's you know it's quite upsetting for them there's a lot of issues surrounding it like bullying and stuff like that at school so actually it is a really sensitive issue but there are things that doctors can do um to 
to raise it a little bit more uh, sensitively if they, if they feel some uh, concern about doing so. Uh, your your organisation, Busy Bodies, what do they do? How do, how do they help? Um, so we'll, we'll uh, work with um, lots of families from different backgrounds and um, basically we do healthy eating and we do um, physical activity throughout the programme. Um, but what we really do is spend some time working with families to really understand what's going on at home, really understand the social context that they're operating in. Because you can't, you know, manage your weight if you've got loads of other things going on at home that are, that are causing barriers. So the, the key thing for us is understanding really what's going on at home and then trying to work out with them. Because we can't just say, do this, do that. We need, we need it to work in their real lives to make sustainable change. So what, what kind of barriers might there be at home that, that need to be overcome? Uh, very, you know, anything really. I mean, um, a divorce going on at home, um, an ex-partner that's not as supportive of, of trying to manage weight, um, something along, you know, money, time, all these different, all these different factors, and, and we can try and help them to identify ways to sort of, you know, um, find more time in their day to be able to to um, prepare meals together or something along those lines. You know, there's there's lots of different factors that people don't really think of as being um, built up with the issue of weight. But actually, these are the real issues. Um, and, and small changes can actually lead to really big benefits. Uh, Stuart, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Stuart King, Director of Busy Bodies, uh, 08459 455555. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. The thing is... Most of the doctors I've met are really kind of... Uh, not most of them. Uh, a significant number of the doctors i met are quite insensitive anyway. <laughs> tactless. And, uh, yeah, tactless. They've got no tact. So, and, and, and they, should, they shouldn't have to think about that. They have to... Not their fault, you know, they'll be stopping the kid getting bullied if they point it out. Uh, uh, and they shouldn't have to... You know, do you remember when... I mean, they tell people they've got cancer. Yeah. They tell people they're dying. That's got to be harder than saying, I think you can... But you don't need to do it in front of the kids. No. You can say, maybe, do you want to go outside with Dad? Well, I talk to your mum for a bit. And, uh, yeah, your kid's overweight and, um, you, you know, what are you feeding him? But it's because food is so bound up with emotion, isn't it? And for a lot of families, it's the way they show affection. It's, it, it, you know, it's just as harmful overfeeding as underfeeding. Guys, that we, do you know, you know we've lost the battle against obesity. You know we've lost that battle against obesity. Remember the war on drugs? Well, yeah, the war on drugs, that's, we've lost that. We've lost the battle against obesity. We're, we're, we're 10 years, 15 years behind America as we've been for the last 60 years. They're all huge over there and we're all going to be huge in about 10 years' time. They just build bigger chairs. <laughs> yep, exactly. We, we, we've lost it, guys. Matt's in Luton. Morning, Matt. Morning. Are you a fat lad? Uh, well, I've lost a stone in the last few months. So hey. I'm not that fat. Oh, OK. I'm not as fat as you. Hey, oh. I'm, there's nothing on me, Matt. Yeah. There is well, nothing I've seen, of I've me. Seen better looking rabbits than you, actually. Better looking rabbits. What does that even mean, you lunatic? That means that you, you're so skinny. It's a joke. Hey, um, you, uh, uh, you're so, uh, you're uh, so. Uh, no, I've got one. You're so fat, Matt. That yeah. um, if I if I ran around you, I'd have to stop halfway for a break. Very good. Yeah. Uh, hey, we played Johnny Cash earlier on. I didn't hear it. Well, uh, Matt, you've called in about something. Let's let's get to the uh, meat and indeed the two veg, and then let's pretend this never happened. The meat and two veg. You like butchers. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, is, it, is Matt Matt? Have you taken your pills this morning, mate? Not yet. No. Well, I think maybe you should take the pills before you call us. Don't you worry about my pills, son. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. We'll he's got his, care of. got his little pill box, his little stash. Yes. Hidden in the glove compartment, in the secret compartment of the glove compartments of the place. Stop it! Oh, they'll find what, it. Can we? 
speak about what I spawned of. I've been asking you to do that for the last three minutes, Matthew, well, so get to it. And you do go on. And you keep going on. Every day you phone in, I think he's gone on for another day. You've heard of that song, Keep On Keeping On. Have you heard of that song, um, the Shut Up and Sing? Uh, shut up, shut up your face. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Joe Dolce, number one. <laughs> Kept uh, Vienna by Ultravox off the number one spot. Yes, Imagine that. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Do you know you? What did you buddy? call in about? Well, you know these checkouts. My favourite. The actual robot checkouts. I hate them. Robot checkouts. Yes, the Morrison's are getting rid of them. Yes. Oh, you mean um, the, the self-service? There's no robot involved. Self-service. Yes. Whatever you want to call it. And I'm so glad. And the other subject I'd just like to mention, it's so great to hear Tesco's are losing money. Why? Why is it great to hear Tesco's are losing money? I don't, because, I don't because, get this anti-Tesco thing. Will you hang on? Because they're too big. Oh, man. They're too big. Oh. You, go in there, you go to Tesco's and tell me if you can find a happy shopper. Do you mean do you mean that they're too big as in their global presence or the too shops big. are too big? The shops are too oh, big. Oh, flippin' you can't you complain because they will go to a smaller one. Sorry. Yeah, I accept your apology, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> Matt, before you go, what do you think of me, really? All right, Ian, I like you. Yes, I thought so, Matt. I thought so. And who's your favourite uh, television presenters? Anderson Deke. What? Who? Anderson Deke. OK. Are you serious? Apparently he is. Matt, you still there? I'm still here, yeah. Go away. OK, I'm just going to get my tablets. I'll give me a few. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Wow. He really is. Uh, he is. A gentleman. Well, I don't know, yes. Do you want some Texas? Yeah, let's have some Texas. Yeah, go on. This is from Martin Smith from Stevenage. Yeah. And he says, hi, Kelly. Hi, Martin. Yes, self-service tools are wrong and I will not use them under any circumstances. Oh. I will walk out of a shop before I use them to save people's jobs. Check out Campaigner. Hey. Ben in Buckinghamshire. Did you know self-service tills can cause shoplifting? Uh, as I've seen people scan part of their shopping, then pretend to scan other items, bagging them quickly and then paying, says Ben. I don't think they cause shoplifting. I think they might help shoplifting. Well, how, then... do you, how do you do it? Because the weight. Yeah. It's weight-based. It's well, all weight-based. if you don't scan them... It's Doesn't not looking for them. No, but when you put it in the bagging area, the weight of it is registered, unidentified well, item in the bagging area. I don't want area. to tell you how to do it, but you have your swag bag underneath. Hey. Does well, the then alarm go off, though, when you leave? Depends what you've No, only taken. if it's um, razors or um, DVDs. Meat these days. Meat. My meat made the uh, doors go off. My meat's tagged, but that's for a different reason altogether. Helen and Milton Keynes, checkout staff do not receive training on how to converse with customers. They're just told to greet, offer to pack, and then say goodbye. Oh, they're supposed to offer to pack, are they? Yeah, no, they don't. Also, staff are checked for scanning rates and are reprimanded if they drop below a minimum level. Yeah, that's what happened to my mother-in-law. She was gabbing too much. Good. As one of those plums that I, uh, I found the middle-class men shopping alone were the most arrogant and rudest people to deal with. They gave the impression of assuming if you worked in a supermarket you were stupid, says Helen of Well, I mean... I think um, trying to pwn you indirectly. Well, no, hang on a second. Uh, if you're working in a supermarket, you're stupid. I couldn't even get a job in a supermarket. Uh, well, I they mean... have me. Guys, with the greatest of respect to everyone that works in the supermarket, I've worked in several supermarkets. And you are? They, I was there for... I was in Safeways for a week, right? That Within a week, the guy, the, the manager was trying to get me on a, a, a trainee management scheme. I went, I ain't doing this forever, mate. I'm not, I'm not one of your lot. I'm doing this just for... A, they said, come and do a trainee management you scheme. You said, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah, I did. And I, and I did all right. 
Um, are people who work in supermarkets stupid? God, I'm going to sound awful, aren't I? But uh, No, they're not. No, they're not. There are plenty of people not, that work in supermarkets because yeah. it's convenient. There are plenty of them that, that work in supermarkets because it's convenient. There are plenty of them that, that work in supermarkets because they're dumb. Yeah, but there are plenty of dumbos everywhere. Where? Name any dumbos here. Oh, no, hang on a second. Maybe not. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's slow from Junction 12 for Flitwick to 11 for Luton because of an earlier breakdown. On the M25, anti-clockwise, there's a lane blocked between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40 because of an accident, which is causing delays from Junction 20 for Kings Langley. And in Chalfont St Giles on Bowstridge Lane, it's still closed in both directions between the High Street and Narcot Lane because of a fire that's blowing smoke across the road. In Chestnut, the A10 is slow southbound from the Turnford, uh, turning at Great Cambridge Road towards the M25 and the A1 southbound is building up approaching the Black Cat roundabout from the St Neots Junction. No reports of any problems on the trains. Smart the Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you. I, I have just been informed, and I won't tell you how to do this, via a direct message how to beat the system at checkouts and how one young gentleman managed to get a television by claiming it was onions. I'll tell you off-air, very naughty. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. A lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire, according to health workers. Firefighters in Buckinghamshire have been tackling a large blaze in Chalfont St Giles overnight, involving industrial units and gas cylinders. And health professionals are turning a blind eye to obese and overweight children, according to research by Luton and Dunstable Hospital. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chelsea are 13 points clear at the top of the Premier League after coming from behind to win 3-1 at Leicester. Jose Mourinho's side will be crowned champions if they beat Crystal Palace on Sunday. April month, the months where uh, everybody was expecting Chelsea to drop points playing against Arsenal and Man United was exactly the months where uh, we destroy opponents. In this moment we are uh, 13 points distance and we, we won every game except the draw against Arsenal in these months. Managers and players from our football league teams are among the nominees for April's divisional awards. Watford boss Slavisa Jokanovic and midfielder Adlen Guardiola are nominated in the Championship. MK Dons boss Carl Robinson and striker Will Grigg are nominated in League One. And Stevenage manager Graham Westley is nominated in League Two. Three top Premier League sides are chasing the signature of a Luton Town player aged just 11 years old. Reports this morning claim Charlie Patino is a £10,000 target for Arsenal, Chelsea and Tottenham. The youngster is at Luton's academy and is also a Hatter's season ticket holder. His father has told the Daily Mail they will come to a decision at the end of the season. Boreham Wood won the first leg of their Conference South playoff semi-final 2-0 at Haventon Waterlooville last night. First half goals from Junior Murray and Graham Montgomery gave Ian Allinson's side the advantage for Saturday's second leg in Hertfordshire. And Ronnie O'Sullivan is out of the World Snooker Championship after losing his quarter-final 13-9 to Stuart Bingham. I can't make no excuses, you know, I was outplayed. It was all there for everyone to see. Everyone else can make their own mind up on what they thought my performance was. You know, but I was off the pace. And um, if you're not committed to playing as much as the events as the other players, then that's going to happen. 
Another former champion, Neil Robertson, also lost 13-12 to Barry Hawkins. So the semi-final lineup is Bingham versus Judd Trump and Hawkins against Sean Murphy. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Self-service tills, are they immoral? Here's, I mean, the, the, the mail is coming up with trumps today. The mail is full of gold today. We'll talk about the, the front page in a minute. 40% of voters still can't decide. Do you know who you're going to vote for? I've already voted. Oh, you did it postal, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know yet. I've forgotten who I voted for, though. Oh, don't be so silly. No, I did. Um, I've got it down to, to, to well, no, I've got it down to three, mm-hmm. two strong ones and one. You, you can do that, can't you? You yeah. list them in order of preference. Well, well, I could vote on two things, so I could do three votes at one point. I've got two votes. I've got yeah. two votes going on as well, and I, and I might vote differently. It's council election and uh, MP election. I've been pragmatic. I might vote differently. That'd teach him a lesson, mm. wouldn't it? Mm. I don't think where I live it ain't going to make a difference, but. No. Um, uh, well, well, forty percent of voters still can't decide. A week to go. A male poll reveals 10 million voters are up, 10 million votes are up for grabs. 10 million vo- people have not decided which way to vote next week. Four in ten of those who plan to vote say they are totally undecided. Yeah, that's that's 40%, Daily Mail. Why are you ramming it home like that? Showing they're working out. I don't know. I don't. Know. Kelly, without obviously going into details, because we is the BBC, do you know who you're going to vote for? Not yet. But I bet you know who you're not going to vote for. Yeah, it's between two. You've got two that you're going to vote for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah, I've yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm between three, two strong ones, and one we might do it for a laugh. But you're pretty sure who you won't be voting for. Oh, I know exactly who I won't be. Okay, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? We know exactly who we won't be voting mm-hmm. for, um, and it's and both left and right kind of have a few, a few, you know, that you can go for on each side. It's, there's, there's. It's all much of a muchness, isn't it? I wouldn't say that. I, no, I wouldn't say that, actually. Mm, it no, is where I live. I wouldn't say that, but both left and right have got, um, you know... Ian? Hello. Have you, do, you, do you know who you're going to vote for? I voted. Did you, are you done a postal as well? I've done postal. I did it last week, yeah. Fit, but you, you, why, why, why would you do a postal? You miss out the, um, the joy of walking into an empty school hall and uh, seeing the joy on some bored people's faces that someone's actually bothered to turn up. Oh, yeah. I know, they look... They look <laughs> it's really sad. <laughs> I remember um, in the, 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 the... Do you know what? Probably the 1979 election, I would guess. I would have been six. Going to the polling station with uh, my dad. And it was really busy. There was a hubbub. It was smoky. There was a vibe there. And I remember thinking, hey, this is quite exciting. Yeah. You go now. No, it's not like that anymore. There's nobody. There's normally... There's normally ours. There's a Lib Dem... Oh, no, when I lived in London, there will be a Lib Dem outside um, doing a straw poll. Uh, or an exit poll, sorry. Uh, and, uh, and that's it. There'll be some people inside who... Let's be honest... Considering there's no one there, they're not actually that welcoming, are they? They no. they look at you as though they're like geography teachers, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, and they're real. Um, they they kind of look at you with, oh, you've you, you've ruined our chat. Oh, I suppose. Uh, what's your name? Yeah. No, you're not on the list. I'm there. Mm. No, always, you're not. I'm there. If you're under 25, they always look at you twice, thinking, hmm. Yeah. Not sure about you. Do you really want Ian, to vote? Come on. How long ago was it since you were under 25? Oh, not long ago. About two years oh, ago. Oh, right. All right. What have you got for us, Ian? Well, this. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm um, stumped, really, because everybody in my local supermarket knows me. And oh. I don't know why. Lots of people know me by name. Are you the manager? No, no, not at all. I just go in there a lot. Right. But they, <laughs> lots of people know me by name. Yeah. So I know the. The, the person on the self-service, if I go there, it's hello, my friend, if, it, if it's Frank. If it's one of the girls, it's hello, Ian. Yeah. If I go to the kiosk, it's hello, Ian. 
if the, the Mandy and Gaminder are the ones that, that do the, 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 the prices, put the, yeah. the discounts on, so I know all them. So you know, Mandy and Gaminder, yeah. <laughs> I just can't right. get away with it. I just can't get away with it. But a little thing, if you're buying wine and you go to the self-service and you drop it and it smashes, you get two bottles. They give you two bottles. Well, 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 then what happens if you drop those two bottles? Well, uh, we're, we're, we're up to a thousand double, dealies. You? Yeah. It's go multiple it. dealie theory, but involving booze. Yeah. How does that work? I know, but, you know, it's, it's good. It's nice to, you know, you think, oh, I'll drop that, and then they give you two bottles, and you think, oh, that's not so bad. And this was also, and this was the, the one where I said to Gaminda on the, the pricing thing about... That's a song by Cooler Shaker, isn't it, I think? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, She's okay. nice, really, Gaminda. Yeah, I'm sure she's the, lovely. The thing is that they, um... Govinda, Govinda, that was the song no, by Govinda. Govinda. No, but Govinda. Govinda's oh, Govinda. the Cooler Shaker song. Govinda is the woman in the shop. Yes, yeah, go. yeah. Well, there, there was this guy on the cold meat counter, all the, where you get your cheese and all that, and he had all tattoos down his arms oh. and all piercings and all that. Oh, and I said no. this to Govinda, and they moved him. <laughs> moved him fruit and veg. Ian, you've got a lot of influence in your local, local supermarkets. Oh, no, even the manager knows me, Steve. He's a Geordie. Yeah. Well, how do, what, what, what you, well, how do they know your name, though? No, because I keep going in, and then I walk in and security guard even nods to me and I'm thinking, oh, God. You can't you know? get away with nothing in there. I know. I, I do I... freak I do freak them out because, if listen, if you're going to wear a badge with your name on, I'm going to say your name. I'm going to say your name. And it gets, it makes them uncomfortable. It makes, if I'm with my wife, it makes her uncomfortable. Why are you doing that? They've got a badge with their name on. I'm going to use it. They went through a stage, the people on the kiosk, this was a few years ago, where they used to have, the, 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 the lads had girls' names and the girls had lads' names, but they, they, they soon put a stop to that, but they were messing about. Oh, don't but, yeah. come, guys. Yeah, Respect good, the badge. You know, my, my, my local, it's nice going in my local shop because I know everyone. Ian, thanks. Your local shop is a, is a Tesco? No. Sainsbury's? Yes. Also, you, you're, you, you think highly of yourself, but not highly enough to go to Waitrose? No, I've, I, I go to Sainsbury's, but I've changed over slightly now because I also go to Aldi. Because it, it's really they, weird because they all know your names in there. That's yeah, why. Yeah, but the thing is with Aldi, they put it through too quickly. I was there last week and... They, it's like it's like doing some sort of sporting challenge, yeah. trying to get it into the the, the 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 bag before it gets on the floor. You know, up your game, mate. Up your game. Yeah. Thank you, Ian. Uh, Justin. A sporting challenge. It's, it's a real insight into Ian's life there. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, d- I enjoyed it as well. Mm. Do people know your name? Well, people know your name wherever you go. When we were out having breakfast, we tried somewhere new for breakfast yesterday. It was nice, mm. a bit pricey. Mm. Um, but uh, people, the, the guys there were chatting to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, these things happen. Well. Justin. Mm. Do you use self-service or do you go and uh, get get uh, oh, to do, do you know what? Every time for me it's got to be a human being. But, of course, sometimes the queues are so long you've got no choice but to use the self-service tills. When I use them, it, they always put me in a bad mood. Always. Okay. I hate them. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, They're horrible. Do, Come on, I boss. I do feel, I do feel that if I'm using them and there is someone behind the till... Well, if I go to the till, I feel that I'm getting in the way of their life. What? Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of intruding. They are there for you. They, they are there to serve me and pleasure yeah. me, but I just feel... <laughs> you've taken it to the streets, Just. Yeah, so the question this morning, are self-service tills morally wrong? Some people really, really hate them. Here's what people on the streets had to say. Our question this morning, madam, is these self-service tills, are they morally wrong? Yeah, of course they are, because they're putting people out of work. I noticed there that you actually got served by somebody yeah. instead of using yeah, these tills. usually one lady on in the morning and I'll queue up and wait. If she's not on, then I'll put the stuff back. Seriously? Mm, yeah, I won't use them. I've been made redundant by machines on more than one occasion. 
Wow, that's incredible. So even if you had to queue for 20 minutes, mm -hmm. you would still prefer yeah. to queue yeah. rather than use that machine yeah. which is free? Yeah, because it's keeping somebody in a job. What happens then in the future if there are no staff at all and it's all self-service? Well, then I've got no choice. That's happened with the library. Now there is only the machine, so I've got no choice. But I'll fight it as long as I can. No, they save time. I think it's the way, you know, the world is progressing. I wouldn't say that was morally right or wrong. I just don't use them. I'd just rather be served personally. Sir, these self-service tills, are they morally wrong? I think they are, yeah. I go to McDonald's and I'll talk to a machine. I don't like it. You so know? they're morally well, wrong because of...? Putting people out of work. Yeah. We've got enough, enough problems without being put out of work. Luddites! Mm. Luddites, mm. the lot of you. You're, you're the idiots who went with... What was his name? Ludd. John Ludd. Yeah. 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 You're the idiots who went with John Ludd no. claiming, uh, holding flaming torches, demanding to see manager up mill, and when manager up mill wouldn't come down, kicked down door and set fire to and smash the spinning jennies. Hey, and he had a point. Smashing the, let us smash the spinning jennies because they are, they are the destruction of the future of mankind. They did, they destroyed labour. Oh, forget labour. I want me claws, quick! You know, Come my on. grand used to work in a mill. It was within living memory, people, kids losing fingers and arms and debt and their so the lives. Spinning, yeah, OK, but then they also lost their salaries because of the, the spinning jenny. Mm. And so you, you, well, you, no, that was in farming, wasn't it? You went and... The, the spinning jenny was clothes, I thought, wasn't it? No. It was cotton. No. It was cotton. No. It was cotton. No. It was cotton. No. Justin, mm. I'm asking the wrong guy. What was a spinning jenny in? Uh, cotton. Yeah. I'm asking the right guy. <laughs> oh, was it Justin? Sorry. I, 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 okay. Yeah. Look, she's looking at her going to the internet. And, and, and what was the thing with the hopper then? We'll 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 watch. Uh, uh, Justin, just just watch. She's going to the internet. Time is going in. We're gonna. She's gonna be very silent in about twenty seconds, and a single tear is going to roll down <laughs> her eye. The spinning jenny was cotton. Mate. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Thank That's you very much indeed, Catherine. Would you like to apologise to Justin Daly? Soz. And to me. Um. Yeah, we go. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Here's one. Mm. There's lots of stuff that I know you could get your teeth into today. Come on, come on, son, hit me with it. Well, there's there's peewee pumps, high heels for babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come called, on. They're called peewee pumps. You can't call them that. They're called peewee there's pumps. There's a bloke called peewee. Well, Pe that's what peewee Herman exactly. got in trouble for. Is yeah. this story linked to... That was the headline, I think. It was, it was in a cinema, cinema wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Kanye yeah. West by any chance? No, no, it's not, but you, these are real things. They're like glittery... Well, let me, let me get the They're soft, story. aren't they? They're made out but, of... But it's the names. Have you heard the names of them? Hang on a second. Because babies' feet aren't cute enough, are they? They're called... Um, Pee-wee's pumps will be your daughter's first fashion statements. Oh, <sighs> Lord. Uh, the names include Diva, Wild Child, <laughs> and here we go, Sassy. And the <laughs> oh, baby wearing no. this is wearing a nappy, but over the nappy, they've got, like, silk pants on. <sighs> that is weird. Are they leopard skin? No, no, the, the leopard skin uh, shoes, but they're, they're uh, uh, um, burgundy silk pants. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Burgundy. There's, there's the there's the there's the school trip to the mosque that the parents don't want to go to in case the kids get shot. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, we'll do that story in a bit. I mean, so there's, there, there's so many great stories there. You, 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 there's been nothing the last week, and then there's great. There's the builder who cleaned out an old man's guttering, and he got left in his will. Would you take the cash? Would you yeah. <laughs> Would you take the cash? Absolutely yes. Well, okay. Let's narrow it down. Okay, the two that I like. The, uh, can, tell us the story, Catherine, because you, you found this, the, the guttering. Oh, don't make me tell this. Come on, you can do it. 
builder offered to do an old man's guttering and the old man offered him some money. He said, no, it's a nothing job, I won't. Anyway, they built this sort of relationship where you go and have a chat with him now and again. And was uh, six years later, left £500,000 worth of this guy's estate in his will. He cut out all his family. Now, the family are contesting it in the High Court, saying that this can't be what he wanted, whereas the builder's saying, well, clearly, he's fallen out with his family. Would you mm. take the money? Oh, yes. yes I would no. feel so weird about that. Well, I mean, you do... I'm not suggesting this is the case, but you do... Colin, we'll come to you after the news. You do hear stories of people coercing people. Yeah, to... normally from the family's point of view. They'll well. say, oh, they started hanging about when she got ill. OK, so, so there's that. All there is, the front page of the Daily Mail, 40% of the voters still can't decide. Just, you call it, boss. You, you call just, it. Just. Mm. Let's, uh, you, well, what do you fancy? I think out of those, I think I think the one which, which kind of gets me is, would you take the money? Beautiful. Let's take, do that. Take it to the streets first. OK. Speak to you later on. Ta-ta. Yes. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there's a lane blocked anti-clockwise by a serious multi-vehicle accident between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. That's causing delays from Junction 20 for Kings Langley. On the M1 towards London, there's a lane blocked by an accident involving a car and a lorry at Junction 9 for Redbourne, which is causing delays from Junction 10 for Luton Airport. In Hemel Hempstead, the A41 is looking slow southbound from the Hemel Hempstead turn-off towards the M25. In Thame, on the A418 Aylesbury Road, that's looking very slow between Thame Road and the Kingsley Road. And in Clophill on the A6 Bedford Road, that's also looking very busy between Back Street and the A507. There's no reports of any delays on the trains. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Colin, stay there, come to you in a second. 7.46, it is uh, Thursday the 30th of April. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents have been evacuated following a major blaze in Buckinghamshire overnight. Firefighters are still at the scene in Chalfont St Giles. A lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire, according to health workers. And health professionals are turning a blind eye to obese and overweight children. That's according to research by Luton and Dunstable Hospital. Here's the weather with Elizabeth Rizzi. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. We've got a typical April day today. There'll be a few showers around, particularly through the middle part of the day. And some of them might be on the heavy side, but then they'll tend to fade away as we head into the uh, into the afternoon again. So watch out for one or two showers. But, uh, but for the most part, I think many places staying dry. There'll be some good spells of sunshine around as well, particularly in between those showers. And then as we head towards the end of the day, then it's going to be really quite sunny again. So yes, a few showers around, but lots of sunshine too. Top temperatures today up to 14 or 15 Celsius, 57 in Far- 59 in Fahrenheit, sorry. Overnight tonight, it's going to be quite a chilly one. So we could see temperatures drop just low enough for a touch of rural grass frost, perhaps down to around sort of three or four degrees in many of the towns, even quite cold, uh, light winds, uh, clear spells, and of course, staying dry. And then a chilly start to the day tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be a dry day. There'll be a northeasterly wind this time. So it's going to feel a bit chillier than today. High of probably only 10 or 11 degrees. There will be some sunshine around, but it will tend to be quite hazy, particularly towards southern areas of the three counties. Now, as we head through into the bank holiday weekend, uh, there will be some wet weather around at times, and the forecast does keep changing, so do keep an eye on it if it's important to you where and when it does rain exactly. But at the moment, it looks like Saturday is going to be dry, but rather cloudy, feeling quite cool as well. And then uh, the rain's going to come on Sunday. Some heavy rain at times looks like a bit of, bit of a washout, to be honest. And then um, on Monday, there'll be some showers around uh, but there will be lots of dry weather too and it will be feeling just that bit milder that's the forecast for now
It all started right here. Right here. It's a great goal from Luton Town. It's McMadsen on his debut as well. We've been with them all the way. And now it all comes down to this. On Saturday, Watford will be crowned champions if they beat Sheffield Wednesday in the early kickoff. Then at three, local rivalry means more than ever as Luton and Stevenage face each other. Plus, Wickham travel to Northampton, still searching for automatic promotion. has given Wickham the lead Everything will be decided in Three Counties Sport. Ooh. Saturday from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. They make it sound so dramatic, don't they, Colin? I wish you'd give a warning when you're going to do that um, sports blooming trailer. Pourquoi? Nearly blasted my ear off. It was loud, wasn't it? It was loud. Well, sports people are loud. Yeah. They make it sound so exciting when really it's just football, isn't it? Correct. It's nothing special, it's just football. No. Imagine if we did all that coming up on the show today. It's going to be Colin in Dunstable, but this time he's talking self-service. I certainly am. What you got for us? Do you you serve yourself? Oh, that sounded inappropriate. I didn't mean it to. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what I was saying. Um, Yes, I do, simply because it's quicker than waiting, you know... For a lady to do it for you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I prefer yeah. to have it done for me. But, yeah. Um, but you, if if you can't get it, if you if it's going to take too long to get it done for you, you do it yourself. Well, that's right. Uh, what are we talking also, about, Colin? The only trouble is I do talk to the machines. Sorry. I do talk to them. Well, what do you say to the machines? Well, when she says unexpected item in the bagging area and things like that, I yes. say. Don't be stupid, woman. What? And you're yeah. single, aren't you, Colin? I am. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That 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 that, that kind of uh, figures. Would you ever run a TV through and claim it was onions? No. You've never done anything dishonest. Um, I think accidentally it didn't pick the odd item up. Do you know who you're going to vote for, Colin? No. You don't know. It's funny, though, isn't it? Because when no, I was growing I up, everyone knew, everyone knew, and very few people would change that, you know, they were lifelong Tories, or like my parents were lifelong Tories. Mm. Uh, or, or you'd be lifelong Labour. And now it's kind of, it's all a little bit wishy-washy and a bit... Well, I, I wish they had none of the above. Oh, you sound so world-weary, Colin. What's the oh, point? Oh, I... Yeah, I'm point? getting fed, fed up with it. I've had enough of the election you, already. <laughs> by, by the way, if you want your mind blown, someone tweeted this yesterday. I know Simon's mentioned it in the news. Uh, look at the front page of The Sun and the front page of The Scottish Sun. Have you seen the two? No. The front page of The Sun, it's a Tory! And they're basically banging on about, you know, how The Sun says, today after a gruelling five-year wait uh, and an appalling labour, The Sun is proud to deliver, basically saying vote Tory, and inside saying don't vote SNP. Whereas The Scottish Sun, the front page is, vote SNP! It's brilliant! <laughs> Great laugh, Colin. Uh, Graham's in Clophill. Good morning, Graham. Morning. What you got for us, boss? Um, well, I received a letter yesterday from Japan. Oh, yeah. And, um... Basically, what it was is this, this man re- uh, reckons that a distant relative of mine yeah. he invested loads of uh, $15 million with him. Hey! Hey! And um, he said, basically, this is strictly between me and you, and if you want to um, go ahead with his claims, there's a, there's a 60-40 split, 40% yeah. my way, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah.
Parents are refusing to let their children visit a mosque on a school trip because of fears over Islamic extremism and violence. The primary school wants to take nearly 100 pupils to an Exeter mosque next week as part of studies into other faiths. But the parents of around 10 children have refused to give permission, citing concerns over terrorism and Islamic State. Wow. One even said she feared her son might be shot. Well, you know what the problem with this is, and you said it off air, Catherine. The uh, school should uh, instead insist that the parents go to the mosque. Another said, we have grave concerns about the children's safety during the trip due to the horrific events that occur every day in other countries. This decision, not in mosques. This decision is not based on ignorance. Um, well, guys, it, that's the it one thing... It is a thing, bit. That's the one thing it is based on. It's not based on ignorance or racial or re- religious beliefs, but one based purely on safety concerns. Lost Withiel Primary School, Cornwall, is due to take the pupils aged 8 to 11 on a 150-mile round trip. Blimey, that's a long trip. Uh, to the mosque as right. part of a religious education so learning So if that's exercise. the closest mosque, this explains why people yep. are so ignorant. They plan to visit the cathedral before touring the mosque, where they will observe a congregational prayer and be able to... I've never seen a prayer I would a love to see that. I'll be up for that. I like, I like going... I'm not religious. I like going and watching them pray up in a church. And I like, I wouldn't mind seeing a prayer up there. There's a very special kind of atmosphere when you've got that amount of concentration. Well, see, now, here we go. This is where I think we get to the crux of it. Christine Trevathan, 47, among the parents refusing to let their kids go, says, I don't agree with the religion or what it stands for. Oh, there we go. Cleaner Sally Cox has also blocked her 10-year-old. You can see what they're like every day on the news. Wow. There was a Muslim bomb in an ex- bomber in Exeter. Wasn't that the guy that set off... The, 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 the guy that was um, not mentally uh, gifted and set off the bomb on himself when he was in, a, like, a toilet or something? I was thinking about him last night, bizarrely. There was a Muslim bomb in, bomber in Exeter uh, just a few years ago. It's unsafe. I don't want my son being shot. Wow. Take the, take the parents. Yeah, it was, it was in Exeter. Nick Riley, 22, injured himself in an Exeter restaurant. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I'm throwing it out there. Does anyone agree with these parents? They don't want their kids taken because they're feared they will get shot. Would you let your kids go on a school trip to a mosque? Yes or no? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there are delays anti-clockwise from Junction 20 for Kings Langley to 16 for the M40 because of a serious multi-vehicle accident which has blocked one lane. On the M1 towards London, there are queues from Junction 11 for Dunstable Road to Junction 9 for Redbourne after an accident involving a car and a lorry. And in Watford, it's looking busy on Beach and Grove around Escort Road. It's also looking slow and clop hill on the A6 Bedford Road between the back street and the A507. And at the Black Cat Roundabout on the A1 southbound, it's looking slow on the approach southbound from Eaton Sogan. There's no reports of any delays at the moment on the train. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. Loads of great questions. Do you know who you're going to vote for? You did a bit of work for an old guy. He dies, leaves half a million quid in his will. Will you take it? And Would you let your kids go on a school trip to a mosque? Of course you would, wouldn't you? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, homes evacuated in Buckinghamshire blaze, safety warning over people in police custody and child obesity being ignored, say Luton and Dunstable Hospital. BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents have been evacuated following a major blaze in Buckinghamshire overnight. Firefighters are still at the scene in Chalfont St Giles. Gas cylinders exploded in the fire which started just before 9.30 last night. More from Lee Agnew. The blaze involved small industrial units at a site in Bowstridge Lane. At its peak, there were over 30 firefighters from across Buckinghamshire at the scene with support from a police helicopter. Bucks Fire and Rescue Service say a number of gas cylinders exploded with several nearby homes evacuated. One explosion brought down an overhead power line which in turn ignited a hedgerow. An investigation will get underway this morning. A lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting live at risk in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire, according to health workers. Since taking over the contract at the beginning of the month, G4S have reduced on-call cover to just one doctor, covering beds, hearts and Cambridge. This anonymous healthcare professional has highlighted her concerns. The staffing numbers are so low, we're struggling to meet the needs of detainees. It's impossible to get around to see everybody who needs to be seen because the staff are not there and it's going to end up causing someone to be extremely unwell or a death in custody. Within the past hour, a teenaged boy has been pulled alive from the rubble of an apartment block in Kathmandu five days after the earthquake that struck Nepal. More than 100 British nationals have flown back to the UK. They arrived at Stansted Airport on a special flight in the early hours of this morning. Health professionals are turning a blind eye to obese and overweight children, according to research by Luton and Dunstable Hospital. The trust, which is presenting its findings today, claims the children are being overlooked for a variety of reasons, including a fear of upsetting parents. More from Tony Fisher. In the study, one in four children who visited the hospital over a 10-week period were either overweight or obese. Of these, only a few had been given advice and follow-up support before attending outpatients. NHS guidance states healthcare professionals should aim to create a supportive environment to help the child and their family make lifestyle changes. David Cameron, Ed Miliband and Nick Clegg will tonight take part in the final televised set-piece event before the election. They'll separately face half an hour of questioning from a studio audience in a special edition of Question Time on BBC One. The UKIP leader, Nigel Farage, is due to visit Aylesbury this lunchtime. In sport, Chelsea are 13 points clear at the top of the Premier League after coming from behind to win 3-1 at Leicester. Jose Mourinho's side will be crowned champions if they beat Crystal Palace on Sunday. The weather, a mixture of sunny spells and scattered showers, some of which may turn heavy and possibly thundery this afternoon. A maximum temperature 13 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties. Busy show this morning. Great story. A builder did a bit of work for an old guy a few years ago. They struck up a friendship. Didn't charge him. The old fella dies. Half a million quid goes to, to, to the builder. The family are arguing it. Well, if you were that builder, would you take the money? I mean, it's tempting, isn't it? But think about it. Really? Right? For you to take it? 08459 455 555. Front page of the mail. 40% of us don't know who we're going to vote for. I don't know who we're going to vote for. I know who I'm not going to vote for. I don't know who I'm going to vote for. I'm kind of probably just going to feel the vibe in the ballot box. And parents at a school in Cornwall 
have refused to let their 8 to 11-year-old kids go on a day trip to a mosque for fears they might get shot. The mosque is in Kabul. No, not really. It's in Exeter. It's in Exeter. Anybody listening to this, guys, that agrees with those parents and thinks, yeah, I would let my kids go to a mosque. It's dangerous and I don't like their Muslims. 08459 555555. You can send me a text as well. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't want my kids going to a mosque because I don't like their Muslims and I'm worried they're going to get shot. Come on, guys, really? The parents need to go. It's the parents that need to go. Look at these. I don't agree with the religion or what it stands for, says Christine. What does it stand for that, that's so bad? It's like peace, yeah? I mean, it's like peace. Isn't it? Peace and love. All, all religion, basically, boils down to uh, just be nice to people. Uh, and uh, Sally Cox says, You can see what they're like every day on the news. It's unsafe. I don't want my son being shot. It's a mosque in Exeter. <laughs> it's a mosque in Exeter, guys! 08459 555 555. Do you get what those parents are banging on about? Or do you think it is nuts? Now, a lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk. That's according to an investigation from BBC East, which found police stations in Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Cambridgeshire are relying on one on-call doctor for all of them. Sophie Carl is a solicitor for Sophie Carl & Co and specialises in police misconduct cases. One doctor, Sophie, between Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Cambridgeshire. Your reaction, please. I think it's shocking and it's uh, very scary that... Um this has been happening for a while. Um, something seriously needs to be done about this, and I'm glad that it's being um, high-profile today. Uh, this is partly because of the privatisation of this, this side of things. It's G4S. Remember the Olympics, guys? It's G4S who are in charge of this. I mean, I don't understand how they could be allowed to get away with that. I mean, it, it's, it's saving money, basically, I would imagine. It's not saving money because um, they're being paid for a contract which is probably hundreds or 200 million pounds. I don't know how much the contract is. In that, they have to provide a certain service. Having one doctor to cover three boroughs obviously isn't, you know, they cannot provide that service at the moment. So what the NHS or the Home Office and what the police need to do is very much look into, is there any risk in continuing with this contract or is there any way we can uh, modify the contract because we have to put the people's um, lives uh, first before money. And I think in this case, I, I, just, I just think something terrible is going to happen. Uh, you're, you're a solicitor, Sophie. You know contracts better than me. W would they be able to get out of the contract? If, you know, if, if, if that's the deal, that's the deal and they'll be tied in, wouldn't they? I think they'll have to speak to their own um, solicitors about that. But what, what has been you know, discovered through your investigation is that one doctor for three counties um, cannot be something that would have been... Um, um, w would have been stated in the contract they would have had some, some kind of sufficient cover and that is not sufficient cover what if that one doctor is ill i mean who then covers him or her 
Uh, legally speaking, who'd be liable if someone was injured in, in, in police custody? Or, or, or if because of, you know, there's a doctor in Cambridge, sir, uh, and uh, he gets a call to come and visit someone in Hearts, and by the time he's got there, the, 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 the fella's died. Who, who'd be responsible? It, initially, it would be the police, because it's in their custody, but also there would be, um, you know, you would have to look into why it was that that individual, uh, you know, there was, a, there was an incident with that individual, and then if there is liability anywhere else, that, that would have to be considered as well but ultimately it's for the police because it's in their custody uh, well we don't know how you know we can make up figures we don't know how much g4s have been paid for this but uh, um, it, it is uh, the, the police service which we know sophie they're facing massive cuts they've had massive cuts and they've got even bigger cuts coming along they do have to try and save cash don't they they do need to try to save cash but not at the expense of people dying in their police cells I mean, this is, um, I mean, privatisation, I'm not a fan of private, privatisation of um, public services, so I'm not a fan of G4S taking over any kind of um, health care um, for the police in, in any event. Um, so I think we need to really look at what is their role, what is private companies' roles, and I think in this case it clearly shows that they cannot provide a public service um, which, um, which needs to be done. Um, so we need to look at what, what is G4S, what did G4S promise, and whether they can keep with it, keep with their promises or not, because your investigation shows there are serious concerns. Uh, earlier on, we spoke to Dr. Michael Wilkes uh, from the the BMA. Uh, he is a forensic physician in Thames Valley. He, he, he suggested that this could uh, potentially put lives at risk. Uh, at risk, would you agree? Yes, I do. I, I think it's the doctors' lives as well, nurses, and everyone else, because if they are being shuttled from here and there, there is also a risk to them. They they could become ill. They may um, not not continue with their um, um, on duty calls and also you know the the in the police you know the, the police stations itself the police will then um, have to face what what um, a doctor should be dealing with so there are serious concerns as to what what is going on and it's not right that people's lives are being put at risk so if you can i'm just going to indulge me for one more question what's the difference between a solicitor and a lawyer a uh, lawyer is um, a solicitor, barrister or legal executive or paralegal, anyone that does any kind of legal work okay. in, a, in a law firm or a barrister's chambers. So lawyer is the umbrella term under which a solicitor would, would come? That's right, yes. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Sophie. Sorry. It's, all, it's always bothered me, and I just thought, do you know what? I have a perfect opportunity. Thank you, Sophie. Sophie Kahn, solicitor for Sophie Kahn and Co., I hope you don't think that was any way uh, you know, demeaning no, no. to the conversation. It's, it's one of those things that... Uh, it's always bothered me. This is the great thing about doing this job. I get to talk to loads of different people and I can ask them silly things that have bothered me and bugged me for ages. She's fine about it. Good. <laughs> I just thought she's going to go... But... No, she's the sort of... You know, she asks questions for a living. She gets it. Yeah. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can text eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. Otherwise, one of the rubbish BBC local radio stations. I mean, one of our sister stations. I don't think that's any better. No, that's what they say. It's our sister stations. BBC Hereford and Worcester, one of our sister stations. Sisters that don't talk to us. Yeah, sisters are doing it for themselves. <laughs> they are. Uh, have we got any texters? Yeah, loads. Um, one from Tony. Tony Morning, says, Tony! Yes to the answer to the uh, to the mosque visit. Uh, Tim in Bromham, yes and yes, why wouldn't you? Uh, and we've also got these through about um, self-service and whether or not it's immoral... Oh, yes. ..to self-serve when there are cashiers You're available. You're so self-serving. Ian... Yes. This is from Tony. To another Tony? 
Uh, same Tony. Tony, give us a call, Tony. Save money on that. The thing is, by the way, guys, we have lots of listeners from all over the world. I know we've got lots of American listeners, bizarrely. I wish they'd call. I wish they would call. Uh, and uh, and the, the way it works is we call you back. Unless you you find up and say, I want to go on air now, and, you know, they put, might put you straight through. But uh, they we, we will Kelly or Catherine will call you back wherever you are in the world. So you'll pay to phone us up. Mm-hmm. That phone call will last about 30 seconds a minute. And then we call you back. And we can talk. We can talk. Who's the, the gentleman we have uh, from Australia that calls from time to time? Gertrude. Gaston. What's his name? Gaston. Gaston. Gaston, that's it. Gaston? Gaston? Bill. Get the bill. Please. When I was learning French, my mum thought that was pronounced Garcon. Oh, Garcon. dear. It's got Sounds the number like five underneath it. We all know that. A sedilla. Hey, that'd be so rude. She wasn't to know. <laughs> Tony likes the self-service. It means I don't have to talk to anybody apart from the till. Beep, beep. Please put this item back. Please scan again. Please use card. Please wait for help. Please try my patience, says Sophie. Yeah, there's a lot... Sorry, of the, Tony. I was the, thinking about Sophie. There's a lot of um, beeping going on, and they don't. they tend not to work. And there always has to be a hoverer. So, am I serving myself, or are you going to? Ho- why don't you come and do it? Um, Nicola in Northampton has got an awkward story. Listen to this. Aye. I choose self-service checkouts every time if I could to avoid chats like this. My weekly big shop. Yeah. Is this is this appropriate? Yeah. Away you go. My weekly big shop included a pregnancy test. Oh no! I got a minute. Is this like proper? It's all right. Oh okay. <laughs> As the cheery checkout lady swiped it through, she quietly asked, Is it planned? Stunned at the question, I managed to reply, Yes. She continued to tell me how relieved she was. There's so many children are unplanned these days. I never packed up my shopping so quickly as I did that day. Awkward, says Nicola. Is it planned? Wait, I want to know if she had it. Was it a boy or a girl? Um, If she was pregnant. Well, oh, to be continued. I used to like that one when they say, "So when's it due?" And a couple of times, I admit, I said, "Sorry." Hmm? Why would you do that, mate? Well, I was really massively pregnant, but I just thought, you know, so oh, you're right, being nosy. Sounds to be a fat lass. Yeah. Um, so making people feel uncomfortable yeah. when they're concerned. Yeah. No, they weren't concerned. They were nosy. When's uh, it due? What are you going to do? Help me out with it? No, no one can help me. Might do. Beyond the point I would of no love return. my dream, my fantasy, oh. my passion, is to be involved in an aeroplane crash. And, wow. Sorry? Hmm? Why? And to end up on a desert island. Oh, right. And I have to deliver a pregnant woman's baby. And I do it, and I do it brilliantly. And she calls the baby Ian. How'd you get the cord off? Teeth. Yeah. You've got to do it with your teeth. There's no other way. You bite it like they used to do in the caveman days. Two things I've learned from that. I'm yep. having no more babies and I'm not getting on a plane with you. I would love... Imagine tying up someone's umbilical cord. And imagine being one of those perverts that pronounce it umbilical. Ah. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been an accident on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. So that means that there are queues from Junction 20 for Kings Langley, although all the lanes have reopened. Also clockwise on the M25, there's a lane closed between Junction 23 for the A1M and 24 for Potter's Bar because a lorry's broken down. On the M1 towards London, there are queues from Junction 12 for Flittick to 9 for Redbourne after an accident involving a car and a lorry. And in Chalfont St. Giles, Bowstridge Lane is still closed in both directions between the high 
Street and Narcot Lane because of a building fire that's blowing smoke across the road. Looking at the speed sensors in High Wycombe on the A404, that's busy in both directions. And the A1 southbound in Roxton is slow from the Eaton Socon turning towards the Black Cat roundabout. On the trains, the 840 service from Luton to Bedford is cancelled. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Had a wicked night on the scale extra last night. Boy, oh boy, the uh, accoutrement you can you can pay you can buy for it. We've I've bought a lap counter now. Right. And I put a bit because the track's really expensive. I'll go do the news. Sorry. Eight sixteen. It's Thursday, the thirtieth of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents have been evacuated following a major blaze in Buckinghamshire overnight. Firefighters are still at the scene in Chalfont St Giles. A lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. That's according to health workers. And health professionals are turning a blind eye to obese and overweight children, according to research by the Luton and Dunstable Hospital. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. Good morning. Ah, uh, hey, I was thinking. What? Do you want to come round to mine and play Scale Electric? No, thank you. Well, if you come round, if you come round about six, you can watch the boys play it. Then they'll go upstairs. They'll go up about half seven for their bath, and then me and you can kind of we can really we can play adult Scale Electric. It doesn't really sound very fun. Strip scale electric. Every time your car comes off the track, you take off an item of clothing. And yeah, go on, I'll be generous. Socks can count as two items of clothing. Oh, my God. That could be fun, couldn't it? I, I'm not sure. I'm uh, Well... All right, so... You, when, when were you thinking? Well, I mean, what are you doing tonight? I'm busy. Tomorrow? Busy. Saturday? Busy. Next week? I'm busy all next week. How about May? May. I tell you what, let's talk nearer the time. All right, beautiful. Well, it's May um, um, uh, the weekend. I think all the weekends if in May I'm busy. Me, if you well, you can come with that. If you give me your phone number, what I'll do? <laughs> give me your phone number. I'll turn our mics off. Don't worry. Right. Give me your phone number, and I will give you a call. I can never remember it off the top of my head. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll tell you later. All right. Lovely. We'll sort it After out. After nine. Strip scale electric for the lads. That'll be great for the lads. Will it involve alcohol? You bring some booze if you want, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Why not? Not funny. I'm. Uh, by the way, I'm. I'm. I'm uh, I've got a. I've got an agreement now to go and have my liver tested. I know you told us yesterday you should get your memory tested. No, but it's oh, now. It's all it's all organised now. Yeah, they've. Uh, they're going to do a scan of my liver. Oh, so so it's. it's I, I thought it would be blood. Oh, well, I think they're doing the whole shebang. I'm having images taken yeah. of it as well. Small prick. <laughs> like a baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they said, they said, would Jonathan um, also, would he be kind enough to then abstain from drinking any alcohol for four weeks? Aye, and would test again? Mate. I've said no. No, I bet that's not in the contract, is it? I haven't... Um, I haven't abstained from alcohol for four weeks since I was probably 15. Four minutes? (laughs) I see what's in your bag. I've heard the glasses uh, chinking together in your bag. Anyway, listen, I've got a guest coming down, so what's on your show today? Coming up on the big phone in this morning, I heard you mention this earlier, um, the front page of certainly one of the newspapers. Oh, yes. Well, two of them, really. Very political today, The Sun and The Daily Mail. I'm asking from Nine today, have you made up your mind who you're going to vote for? It's good, this one, isn't it? 
national newspaper poll has revealed today that 40% of voters haven't made up their mind who to vote for. Pollsters, comrades, currently place the Conservatives and Labour in joint place on 35%, with UKIP lagging behind with an 11% share of the votes. The Sun has nailed its colours to the mast. Have you seen the front page of that paper? Oh, it's horrible. David Cameron as a baby, chubby, moon-faced baby. (laughs) Really weird front page. But the Sun has nailed its colours to the mast, coming out in support of the Conservatives in England, but the SNP north of the border. Well, the polls open um, this time next week, really, don't they? Is it Thursday next week? Yes, it is, mate. Yeah, it is. So the question is, have you made up your mind who you're going to vote for? From nine this morning, I'd love your call on 08459 455 555. We all know that there's a general election looming. Prime Minister has informed the Queen of the David Cameron has informed the Queen of the dissolution of Parliament. Firing the formal starting gun on the general election campaign. But locally, it's not all about the national picture, as there's also a mayoral election taking place. Bedford's interesting. It's one of the few places in the country that actually elects its mayor. This afternoon, I'll be live from Bedford Rugby Club to bring you an insight from the candidates. There isn't one simple answer. It has to be different actions. If you'd like to be part of the audience and have your questions answered, email 3cr at bbc.co.uk with your details. Would the candidates like to express their support for free car parking throughout the area? And you can listen to the whole debate right here from 3 this afternoon. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Now... Obese children are being overlooked for advice and support, according to research carried out by the Luton and Dunstable Hospital. The Trust claims that clinicians are turning a blind eye for a variety of reasons, including a fear of upsetting parents and time constraints. Well, this goes against NHS guidance, which says healthcare professionals should aim to create a supportive environment to help the child and their family make lifestyle changes. Joined by Dr Faye Powell, who's a psychology lecturer at Bedford University, specialising in child eating disorders. Uh, what would you say, Faye? Are, are overweight and obese children, are they being neglected, do you think? Um, I think the findings of this Just come study... a little bit closer to that wonky microphone, thank you. <laughs> no problem. Um, I think the findings of this study are very interesting in the fact that it does seem to be that a large proportion of doctors are not addressing this. Um, I think the issue comes of of whose role it is within the health service. Is mm. that clear, whether it's the GP's role, um, like you say, in the hospital setting, outpatient clinics, um, to ensure that these messages are getting across? Um, I think it was interesting the way that doctors mentioned their concerns about doctor-patient relationships, and I think that's something that we need to make sure that there's adequate training yeah. for healthcare professionals in how they deliver these messages. Because you want to, you don't want to say, "Oh, your kid's fat." You, you, you know, you you have to phrase it in a way that doesn't sound accusatory or um, or degrading or anything. But is it not the GP's? Because the GP, you know, when I used to be a smoker, the GP would say, "Are you going to? Have you given up smoking yet? Are you going to stop?" You know, they'd kind of just nod at little things I could do to make my life better and healthier. Yes, and I think um, what they talk about there and the need for a cultural shift is quite important mm. there, that it becomes almost a norm that we have the expectation that actually the doctor is within their rights to, to talk to you about you know, everything to do with your health. And we know that a really key part of that is, is obesity. And I think with parents, it's perhaps focusing not just on the weight of the child, but actually talking more about their child's health, nutrition, the importance of fruits and vegetables for, you know, 
much broadly for child health, not this focus on weight, which can sort of come with that stigma and worry. With I parents. suppose the thing is, as a, as a parent, we all like to think that we are the best parents, and we're doing. And how dare anybody criticise whether that's what's being done or not? But criticise what the way we're bringing our child up. And I would imagine that by bringing up a, a, a weight and, and, and something like that, it kind of is an indirect criticism, isn't it, of the parent? Um, you can understand that some parents would, would perhaps see it like that, and we do see that a little bit with the National Child we Measurement Programme, which is undertaken in schools where children are weighed and measured in reception and at the end. And are they? There has been, yes. How, yeah. what, what age are the kids so, weighed and measured? Um, it is in reception year two, which I think is about five years right, old. Right, OK, yeah. And then before they go to secondary school. And all of the kids are weighed and measured? Um, yes. Wow, OK. Um, so, and what we find is that a letter is then sent home to parents to let them know if their child is of healthy weight or overweight, underweight. Yeah. Um, and most parents find this useful, but some do um, do find it quite offensive with this letter home. So I think what we've got to find is if we're going to tell parents that their child's overweight, the support has got to go along with that. It's not enough just to tell a parent their yeah. child's overweight, but where are we referring them to? What information are we giving them to support them to, you know, really change their child's lifestyle but probably their own as well what's interesting about this uh, study is that underweight children were generally give you know their families were generally given the proper advice and support and it wasn't so uh, um, difficult to, to bring it up why that difference do you think um, again, that's quite an interesting question. I think that comes from right through from birth, if you think of the experience that parents have with the healthcare professionals um, and their health visitors, often it all focuses around growth with young children. What's that? You have that scale, don't you? I can't be so um, long since that my yes, kids the, were babies. the growth curve yeah, yeah. to check that they are growing along, along the same trajectory. And what I think for parents is it you know, there's that real focus on growth as a young child and your child's eating enough, gaining enough weight and not failing to thrive up until sort of one years of age where you don't no longer see the health visitor. And there seems to be a bit of a gap between then and when you start school. Mm. So I think really a key time is perhaps between one and four years of age where we know that um, most child eating behaviour is established in that time and, and can be linked to their later eating behaviours and their weight in adulthood. So I think perhaps we need something focused in that area. A lot of parents, I would suggest, a significant number of parents, uh, they don't know how to feed their kids. Uh, you know, quite often you, um, I have, I have been to other families' homes and they've given kids like an adult-sized portion. And they, they, they give the kids what they're eating for their dinner. And, and uh, how do, I don't know how you get that message across, how you educate people without sounding patronising, without interfering, without, you know, looking like, in inverted commas, the nanny state. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges, really, is how do we get these messages across to parents of how to overcome what many parents do with issues like children being really fussy, refusing to eat fruits and vegetables, not understanding things like portion size that you've mentioned. Um, there seems to be a change with things like health apps to make things more accessible, um, you know, information that comes out through schools, obviously through the health visitor when you're young. Um, but, yeah, I think that is a, is a big challenge. Do we just health. need to be? Because, obviously, obesity is a problem. And we're both, you know, we're both relatively slim people, although as I'm getting older, I'm getting a little bit of a, a, a belly. But do we just, you know, it, it's dangerous. It costs money for the NHS. Do we just not need to be a bit blunter? Um, I think we're talking about that fact of it becoming more of a, of a norm to talk about it. We right. need this transparency, I think, um, between. So we take away, you know, that defensiveness when the term overweight or, or obesity is being yeah. talked about. And this more focus on health and creating a healthy lifestyle for families and their children. Because I think, as you say, all parents want the best for their children. And it's, you know, creating that environment that 
Faye, it's really nice to meet you. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, Dr Faye Powell, psychology lecturer at Bedford University. Uh, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Catherine, do we have any texts, please? Hey, people want to talk about this. Uh, Pete, these group of parents who want to stop their children going on a school trip to a mosque for fear of, in their words, being shot. Oh, this is, this is, the, yeah, one mum says, I disagree with the religion and I don't want my kid being shot. Oh, for goodness sakes. Kelly and Luton says the parents' claims that they fear their kids will get shot are absolutely ridiculous. How on earth are children meant to be taught tolerance and respect for other cultures if the parents are so narrow-minded? I would have no qualms about letting my seven-year-old daughter go on such a trip and can't understand why anyone wouldn't. It's Exeter, it's not Syria. Uh, and <laughs> It is, it's in Exeter! And there's a picture of it. Well, I don't know. Is it in Exeter? Because they've got to go on. What's the round trip? It's like a hundred miles. 150 miles from they're from Cornwall. Maybe it, that's the problem that they're not in an integrated community. Well, yeah, of course it is. You know, you know the places uh, where UKIP are doing the best, where they have relatively little immigration. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting? The fear, as opposed to the reality, seems to be in a lot of these cases. But then again, would you want to live there as an ethnic minority if this is the sort of stuff you come up against? I mean, it's... The other thing is uh, Janet in Cheshunt saying about self-service tills, but she hates them on a different basis, on the basis oh, yeah. of, I spend enough money in your shop, but you now want me to work for you for free as well. Yeah, yeah, it's the same way I don't like wearing logo uh, um, things because you want to, we want to pay top dollar for uh, to advertise to you. advertise Nike or Adidas or uh, Dunlops or Kappa yeah or Umbro yeah. who Umbro Stussy or um, Nafco or Lacoste. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M25, there are queues because of an accident between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. It's all been moved to the hard shoulder, but it's still looking really slow. Clockwise on the M25, there's a lane closed between Junction 23 for the A1M and 24 for Potter's Bar because of a breakdown. And on the M1, it's looking slow from Junction 12 for Flitwick towards Junction 9 for Redbourne because of an accident. And Luton on Hatter's Way, that's been closed in both directions between Dunstable Road and Tall End Lane because of an accident. And the A1 southbound is looking slow approaching the Black Cat roundabout from the St Neots Junction. There's no reports of any delays on the trains. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30. I'm Simon Oxley. Residents have been evacuated following a major blaze in Buckinghamshire overnight. Firefighters are still at the scene in Chalfont St Giles. A lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire, according to health workers. And health professionals are turning a blind eye to obese and overweight children, according to research by the Luton and Dunstable Hospital. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chelsea are 13 points clear at the top of the Premier League after coming from behind to win 3-1 at Leicester. Jose Mourinho's side will be crowned champions if they beat Crystal Palace on Sunday. April month, the months where uh, everybody was expecting Chelsea to drop points playing against Arsenal and Man United was exactly the months where uh, we destroy opponents. In this moment we are uh, 13 points distance and we, we won every game except a draw against Arsenal in these months. 
Managers and players from our Football League teams are among the nominees for April's divisional awards. Watford boss Slavisa Jokanovic and midfielder Adlen Guadiora are nominated in the Championship. MK Dons boss Carl Robinson and striker Will Grigg are nominated in League One. And Stevenage manager Graham Westley is nominated in League Two. Three top Premier League sides are chasing the signature of a Luton Town player aged just 11 years old. Reports this morning claim Charlie Patino is a £10,000 target for Arsenal, Chelsea and Tottenham. The youngster is at Luton's Academy and is also a Hatter's season ticket holder. His father has told the Daily Mail they will come to a decision at the end of the season. Boreham Wood won the first leg of their Conference South playoff semi-final 2-0 at Haventon Waterlooville last night. First half goals from Junior Murray and Graham Montgomery gave Ian Allinson's side the advantage for Saturday's second leg in Hertfordshire. And Ronnie O'Sullivan is out of the world snooker after losing his quarter-final 13-9 to Stuart Bingham. I can't make no excuses, you know, I was outplayed. It was all there for everyone to see. Everyone else can make their own mind up on what they thought my performance was. You know, but I was off the pace. And um, if you're not committed to playing as much as the events as the other players, then that's going to happen. Another former champion, Neil Robertson, also lost 13-12 to Barry Hawkins. So the semi-final lineup is Bingham versus Judd Trump and Hawkins versus Sean Murphy. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road is where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on Down this road that never seems to end when you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow the whole world is my own So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style
Lesby Avenue. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. What have we talked about? Um, do you know who you're going to vote for? I don't. I know who I'm not going to vote for, and I think that's easier. I know who the bad guys are. I'm just not quite sure who who the good guys are yet. Mm. And it's gonna um, it's gonna be um, a punt when I get into the uh, the booth. We're asking that. We're talking about um, uh, some uh, parents that don't want their kids going on a school trip to a mosque in case they get shot. The mosque, of course, is in Pakistan. It's not. It's in Exeter. It's in Exeter. Uh, and what was the thing about the the will again? The the, the oh, this is a builder who did a, an odd job for a, for an old fella. It wasn't that odd, mate? It's quite common. Cleared his guttering. Yeah, it's one of the odd jobs. It's in the list of no, odd they, jobs. They do it quite. It's, it's quite an obvious. It's not that odd. You do it anyway, he said it was a nothing job. This is his words. Yeah. It's a nothing job. I'm not going to charge you for it. Yeah. They had a little bit of a friendly relationship after that. Nothing, nothing major. Oh, they weren't in love. No. Six years later, though, the old fella dies. And the uh, builder hears that he's been left some money in the will. He's been left all the money Half in the will. Half a million pounds. And the family have been cut off without a penny. You've the got to fam- be a little bit suspicious, haven't you? Yeah. The family are contesting that and say that can't have been what he wanted. The builder's saying, well, look, if he fell out with his family, he fell out with his family. I'm only assuming that's what happened. Uh, so oh, we're eight, asking, would you take the money? Oh, 08459 We'll speak to Daly about that in a second. Tony, the texter is now Tony the caller. Good morning. Tony. Hello, Ian. Hello. You, I did, listen, mate, save your money with all those texts. Give us a call. We call you back. Yeah, I've just been a bit shy. Oh, man, come on. Don't be shy. I, I know that Catherine can be a, a right pain in the bum, but it's me you're talking to, the governor, and I'm a nice guy. Hey, tell you what, Tony, drinks are on me. What are you having? Um, I'll have a coffee, please. Get him a coffee, please, girl. Oh, a nice one. Are you talking to me? Yeah, get him a coffee. Get, get, get Tony a cough. Hey. I don't see anyone else here. You must be talking to me. Hey. Get get Tone a cough on the house. Do you want anything? Do you want something to eat, Tone? Yeah, can I um, uh, blueberry muffin? Blueberry muffin. Do you want a bacon? Do you want a bacon sandwich? She's doing them anyway. No, 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 no. I want one overboard. Do you want one lump or two? Oh, oh I'll give you three. Yeah. I definitely have two, please. If I can give you four. Uh, no, d- listen. Four? Hang on. She's being, she's sticking her fingers up at you, Tony. No, at you. Oh, get Tone oh. a cough. Right. Get Tone a cough. Get um, uh, him a blueberry muffin. I'll have the same, and then you can take the rest of the day off because you're obviously um, it's obviously a woman's time. Oh! <laughs> there we go. You see, Tom. I'll, I'll pop in and get that. I'll, I'll be there in a minute. Lovely. What? Mm. Uh, oh, Tony, <laughs> Tony, what have you yeah. called in for? Nothing. You asked me to give you a shout. Oh! So I, okay. So well, I'll listen. You you've, you've, <laughs> would you? What do you think of Justin Daly, Tone? Oh, I think he's a great guy. Say hello to Justin Daly. Hello, Jay Dog. Morning, Tone. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Very well. I've been wandering the streets this morning, and I can assure you the streets, they are buzzing out there, Tone. Oh, I bet they are. bet they are. Tony's been a bit nervous to call in, Justin. Yeah. Um, and I think for a f- it is, this is your first call, isn't it, Tone? No, second one. Second uh, one. Second, yeah. Yeah, I, I called many uh, many years ago when I had that time off work. Oh. And you had this um, thing about uh, have you had time off work and oh. stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I remember. Uh, I, you, you don't know. No, no. I, don't, I don't. I don't. But but Tony, you're doing a cracking job. There's nothing to be nervous about. It's just me and the J dog. We're just chewing the fat. Yeah. Oh, right, I'll chew it with you. Come and chew some fat. Yeah, you got any fat we can chew, Just? Um, any fat? Uh, yeah, do you know what I have, actually? Yeah, go on. I have. I'm going to bring this up this morning. Yeah. Um, the other day... So bring up some fat. <laughs> There's, an oh. There's an image, Tony. <laughs> I'm going to chew the yeah. fat here, Tony, and I'm hoping, Tony, you're going to come up with the right answer. You sound like a normal guy. OK. So 
the other day, I was leaving work, yeah. and uh, there was a drunk man, and oh, he was... Oh, yeah, uh, this yeah. is incredible. We should have mentioned this. Go on. And he was lying in the road, and cars were driving around him, and everybody was just watching. Nobody did anything. So I thought, I've got to get out of my car. So I've parked my car up, I've got out, and I said, come on, let's get you out of the road. You're going to be killed. He said, I don't care. I said, well, I do. I got him up and managed to, to sit him down. But nobody, Tony, nobody yeah. stopped to help that man. How disgraceful is that? Um, yeah, maybe they were afraid. You know, uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, say so you can stop the traffic or call the police. We've got to try, though. We've got to try, yeah, you, haven't we? You do have to try, Here's yeah. Here's the thing, Tony, because Catherine and I both drove past Justin with this gentleman at the side of the road. We thought he'd knock, that Justin had knocked him over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's our first thought, that Justin had knocked him over. We both wound down the windows, though, went up to the other and went, you all right, Justin? Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, uh, do you know what? I'm on Justin. If I'd seen a fella lying in the road, yes, uh, uh, you, you, you'd have to get involved, would. wouldn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't you? Would. Yeah, I've seen it... Um, a couple of times around uh, our way where there's this young man that uh, had a drink problem and he's always um, laying in the street Yeah. and uh, we called the ambulance for him about three or four times yeah. and um, you know there's not, not a lot else you can do apart from call the ambulance and uh, you see him out the day, day after it's a shame really yeah it's sad, it's sad isn't it people mm. think that these people yeah. are a nuisance and it, well you know what they probably are a nuisance if the ambulance keeps getting called out but but that's that's a human being. That's some poor soul there that is... Um... It's an illness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, the, yeah. Fact, the fact the ambulance being called out should trigger some kind of system within the healthcare, you know, provider uh-huh. that s- s- gets him some, some I've help. Just, I've it's just realised... doing the same thing. I've just realised what the four of us are. What? With a do-gooders. bloody, bleeding, liberal heart, lefty oh. BBC. <laughs> we're do-gooders. Tony, totally we're do-gooders. I know who I'm voting for now. <laughs> Tony, nice to talk to you, mate. Ta-ta. It's funny how the word do-gooder has become a dirty word. You're a do-gooder, Justin, for what you did. You were doing good. How is that a dirty word? But then if you hadn't, it'd be broken Britain. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Can't win. I think it was Justin that actually broke Britain. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm trying to put it right. <laughs> Justin, this story about the will. Oh, cracking story. offered, uh, well, he's given £500,000 uh, in a will because he did a little bit of work for an old fella for free. There's a part of you, isn't there, Justin, that's a bit suspicious? Well, I mean, the High Court heard that uh, the body was laying undiscovered for almost two months. Aye, 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 so aye, when aye. you think of it like that, yeah, you know, aye. personally, if, if that will has been written, that money is mine. That may sound really harsh, but that's what that person wanted. Yep. So I would take the money. So it's in quite a few of the papers this morning. What I've done this morning, I've gone and spoken to builders, and I've put the scenario oh, to good, them. Good. Well done. Yeah, well thank done. you, boss. Thank, thank you, Justin. Thank you. That's, that's, that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Sarcasm. No, no, I'm not yeah. being, I'm being genuine. I'm, I'm, yeah. not, that's not, I'm doing my genuine face. <laughs> this is the problem, right? You've got a sarcasm. I've got a sarcasm. No, it's, it's, do you know what? It's one of those things, it's so obvious that we, I would never have thought of it. I'm, I'm being yeah. genuine. That is actually a stroke of genius. So Daniel Sharp, he's uh, admitted that he was shocked to learn that uh, this money was in the will, half a million pounds, um, because he was doing some work for free, uh, fixing the gutters. I've been talking to builders this morning, asking them if they were in the same situation, would they take the money? Some of the views are quite harsh. One 
that the end is just weird. Uh, here's what people had to say. Ross, you're a blokey builder, OK? Imagine yourself in the same situation. Would you take the money? Would you accept half a million pounds? Yes. 100%. Tell us why. I've worked for it. <laughs> All you was doing, no, no, was doing is going No, 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 no. It's a tough situation, isn't it? But yeah. someone offered you half a million quid, you'd take it, wouldn't you? I would. He's in his will, that's what he wanted, so... Would you not feel guilty about the family missing out? No, I'd never see him again. Here's another blokey builder. Would you take the half a million? Definitely. 100%. He wants, if he wants to give it to me, then that's mine. But what if he wasn't in, let's just say, the right frame of mind then when he made that work? That's a different kettle of fish, then, isn't it? That's for them to find out whether he did or didn't. Not me. He's written the papers and, I've, and signed them, that's for me to take. What would you do? Would you take the money? Yes, if, it, if the family were wealthy and they didn't need it, then, yeah, I, w I guess I would. That would be his last wishes, so, yeah. So what if the family had nothing? What would you do then? Uh, depending on the amount of money. Half a million? Half a million, probably share it, 50-50. Your conscience is clear and you've got something. His wishes have half been sorted and hopefully everybody's happy. They'll take it and give it to a charity or something. Really? Yeah, why not? It's not my money to start with, so it doesn't make a difference to me. Why can't you pass on the goodness? Because that goodness is meant for you. Not really. He wanted to give it to me, I want to give it to a charity. Not giving it to their family, that's the last thing I'd do. I can't believe you give away half a million pounds. Yeah. I'm comfortable, I don't need it. Goodness me. OK, that's, <laughs> that's an interesting one, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, that, I, I was being genuine, Justin, when I said mm, that was a brilliant mm. idea. They were great answers. Yeah, I mean, some of them, I think, you know, w w would suggest that uh, some people out there are, are rather greedy uh, and don't care at all. But um, the guy at the end, why would you give away half a million pounds, which is meant legally by law, yeah. of course, and that will for you? Well, then why not? <sighs> well, it's, it's yours. You deal with it what you want. Yeah, I suppose so. But um, I just find that one a bit weird. Why? Well, that's it's half. That, okay, half a million pounds. If yeah. somebody gave me half a million, what's pounds, half of half a million pounds? Two hundred and fifty thousand. Beautiful. Okay. So you still you've still got two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. No, no. He said the guy at the end. He said he would give every penny to charity because it wasn't his money to oh, no, start with. Oh no, that's, that's dumb. Yeah. I misheard that. And he, he was comfortable. Um, the way I see it is, I wouldn't give that money away because just think about all the all the good that I could do for my family with half a million pounds. I would. I support charities, but giving half a million pounds away is a bit too much. I would, I would never give half a million pounds to charities. That's, mm. that's, that's mm. absolutely ridiculous behaviour. Mm. Justin, thank you very much. See you in a bit. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 towards London, there are delays from Junction 12 for Flitwick to 9 for Redbourne after an accident. And on the M25, there are queues between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40 after an accident that happened there earlier, but it's been moved to the hard shoulder. On the M25, clockwise between Junction 23 for the A1M and 24 for Potters Bar, a lorry's broken down, which is causing it to be very slow because the lane's closed. In Luton, on Hattersway, there's been an accident, so it's been closed in both directions between Dunstable Road and Chall End Lane, which is causing delays from on Dunstable Road from Pointers Road. And it's also looking really busy on the A505 in both directions between Skimpot Road and the M1 Junction 11 for Dunstable Road because of that. In High Wycombe on the A40 London Road, that's looking busy in both directions. And on the trains, the 845 service from Stevenage to King's Cross has been uh, cancelled and there are delays uh, through the service 
I'll start that again. There are delays through the 8.59 service to from Wellington City to London's King's Cross. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. 8.46, Thursday the 30th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents have been evacuated following a major blaze in Buckinghamshire overnight. Firefighters are still at the scene in Chalfont St Giles. A lack of medical care for people in police custody could be putting lives at risk in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire, according to health workers. And health professionals are turning a blind eye to obese and overweight children. That's according to research by Luton and Dunstable Hospital. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. It's been a bit of a chilly start, but lots of lovely sunshine around for, well, for much of the rest of the day, really. Just watch out for one or two showers, which may develop through the middle part of the day. It's a risk, really. Um, certainly the chance of one or two showers, some of them could be on the heavy side, too. Some places, of course, will stay dry all day. Very hit and miss, those showers, and there'll be lots more in the way of sunshine as we head through the late afternoon and into the evening period as well. Lovely end of the day. Top temperatures today, we're looking at 15 or 16 Celsius. That's 61 in Fahrenheit. Now overnight tonight it's going to feel really quite chilly. Temperatures could perhaps dip just low enough for a touch of frost on the grass into tomorrow morning otherwise up 3-4 degrees in some of the towns. Tomorrow is going to be a dry day but it will feel a bit cooler with temperatures uh, probably only at around 11 or 12 degrees. A northeasterly wind tomorrow, that's why. There will be some sunshine around. It'll be quite hazy towards southern areas with plenty of high cloud around at times. Over the bank holiday weekend we'll keep checking the forecast basically because there's a lot of uncertainty regarding it at the moment. There will be some wet weather at times, probably on Sunday. So Saturday looks dry, Sunday looks like a real washout and then on sun- on Monday we'll see some showers around so um, there will be lots of dry weather too but watch out for those showers that could be quite heavy and things will generally get milder into next week with temperatures at around 16 or 17 degrees. That's the forecast for now. Thousand six hundred packs of energy gels, thirty-five thousand bottles of water, two thousand four hundred runners. One place to hear it all. Three, two, one. And they're off. They're off. Sun's shining. It's a perfect place to run a marathon. So I think this is the winner of the Milton Keynes Marathon making his way across the finish line now. Hello, you're live on BBC Three Counties Radio. You've won the uh, ladies' Milton Keynes Marathon. How do you feel? The Milton Keynes Marathon, Monday on BBC Three Counties Radio. I will never run a marathon as long as I live. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. There is this. Where have I put the... Um... Bear with me, bear with me. Page 36. That's where it is. Ah, they could be shot. Fears over school's mosque trip. So a lot of kids, 8 to 11, uh, a school trip from Cornwall to Exeter to go to a mosque. Well, it's mm. go to a cathedral, then a mosque. Um, and ten parents have said no. One says, I don't agree with the religion or what it stands for. And another one, Ms Cox, says, uh, you can see what they're like every day on the news. It's unsafe. I don't want my son being shot. It's prompted a, a brave anonymous text from someone who's furious with us. Oh, yeah. What's with all this pro-Islam rubbish? Are you trying to get your BBC contract renewed? Islam is totally contrary to Western European values and freedoms and their presence here should not be supported. The BBC wants to scrap Western Europe, us Europeans don't. Huh? I don't know what that means. If you no. want to give us a call and discuss that... Oh, you won't because you're a coward! You're a coward! You didn't put your name on it! No. Give us a call and discuss it and uh, I will take your argument apart bit 
by a tiny bit because there is no argument. Bloody liberal BBC newsly eating trunk tree hugging sandal wearing liberal left. I've never seen you wear sandals. Oh, I don't like sandals. Uh, Sarah's on the line. Morning, Sarah. Hi, Ian. Sarah, what have you got? Oh, this nonsense, isn't it? Um, kind of to kind of show you the, the, the point of, of where we are with um, the, the people in the southwest. We moved back, we moved to the southwest in 1976. My dad came out of the army um, and we moved to the southwest. Um, and they found out that I was born in Germany. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes, ostracised, completely and totally and utterly ostracised for the seven years that I spent down there until I got out at 16. Um, so it doesn't surprise me at all. But that's the 70s and the 80s, not the 2015s. Uh, it still doesn't surprise me. We went down at um, Easter to visit my dad, because unfortunately we're having to move back down there in about a year's time. Um, and you're right, the amount of UKIP posters, it's a wash. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely a wash. Which, of course, is absolutely fine. As oh, a, dem- as a democratic right, but yes, it does seem to be that UKIP uh, seems to to, to to be strongest where there is uh, where there, is no less immigration. <laughs> the thing is, you say you say you know it's a southwestern uh, thing, uh, but you know we've just had a text from someone who's I would imagine is living in beds, hards, or indeed bugs. I know, but I think it's more I think it's more prolific down down in down Do you in know areas what? where where like, like you say where, where there's a, a less of a, a proportion of. I I don't know if it is Sarah because this story it, it, it's ten uh, children out of a hundred, so ten percent out of this hundred and you can't really extrapolate the figures from that but uh, I know and we don't really kind of do the Muslim phone-ins on this show it's not really our bag man but I know that if we do and when we do we will get loads of callers you know phoning up when we had that text we get loads of callers saying we don't want them over here send them back to their own country it's not a peaceful religion actually i i I do have to concur because whenever jonathan does the um the halal meat one i I, i'm i'm the um the 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 lady who phones in and says i'm quite happy to eat halal meat and everybody else is going completely crazy so yeah sarah thank you very much indeed oh eight four five nine four double five five double listen if you want to phone up and say yeah i agree with this i wouldn't take my kids to to this mosque let my kids go to a mosque can you explain why? I don't get it. I don't get it. And obviously you've got a strong enough argument, so don't be afraid to be challenged. I'm getting more and more bunged up as this show goes on. What you got? I can hear it. What you um, got? Justin. Justin Dealey, if you're still listening, you're about to be bigged up and comped. Hey. Well done, Justin, says Adam from Hemel. I once pulled over for a guy who'd fallen off his bike and knocked himself out. I worked out he must have been there for half an hour and no-one else had stopped. Waited for an ambulance and then carried on to work. Everyone thought I'd hit him. Oh. He hadn't. He was just helping him. Good Samaritans. Good Samaritans. Uh, Apparently a quarter of us hate our jobs. I hate a quarter of my job. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I hate a quarter of my quarter, job. It's probably about an eighth of my job. Oh, I, I love an eighth. There are certain. Huh? There are certain elements of my job I could do without. Um, this bit I like. The, bits, the, the, the bit I really. The, the thing I get paid for is uh, my alarm going off at three fifty-six. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm I'm um, slapping down the big bucks. That's so why is, I'm getting so many greenbacks. So this is the payoff. Oh well, apart from the actual payoff, this is the payoff. Yeah, but the, the, no, the payoff is is the the literal uh, uh, payoff. Uh, a quarter of us hate our job. If you f- I'm so glad I don't have a proper office. This is the closest I've ever come to an office job in as much as I have to sit in an office some days for, wow, an hour and a 
half. I've actually hated my job in the past. I mean, sitting in the car crying about how much I hated the job. If you find yourself counting down the hours until you can leave your office, you're not alone. Uh, who sang that? Michael Jackson. Hello. Oh. Baby D? No. Olive. Olive. That is a, Olive, by the way, great album. Great album. It's a great album. Really? I got yeah. it free on this thing from Nescafe. It's a great album. And um, there's another song there. Sounds good. A study has found that a quarter of British workers hate their job. The poll of 2,000 people revealed that more than one in four, 27%, are fed up and want to quit their current role. Almost half admitted they dread the week ahead on a Sunday night. With a whopping seven in ten admitting they watch the clock until the end of the... Surely everybody watches the clock until the end of the day. You know, it's been the last couple of hours. The last couple of hours of this show, I'm desperate to, to speed it up. Yes. <laughs> desperate to... Uh, right. The rabbit hole I like, the rest of it. Oh, what a job. If only it could all be the rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, yeah. If only. Oh, if you're not listening between six and seven, boy, you guys are missing something very special. But we can't talk about it. Not only that, it seems more of us dream of ditching the office life altogether. Where we go. According to the survey conducted by... Here we go. The Association of Accounting Technicians. Ah, uh, that'll be it. That'll Accountants. be it, guys. Half of us would like to set up our own business. With owning a restaurant, being a writer or an artist, the three most popular choices. No. Well, being an artist isn't a job. That's stupid. And being a re opening a restaurant, that's going to be so hard. You've got to know how many, like, chips... Uh, how, how many eggs are you going to have in? Well, already, already, I want to quit the job of running a fictional restaurant because I don't know how many eggs I'm going to need. Too much swearing as well. Too much swearing. I think the swearing thing is, uh, is a little bit of a myth. I think that's... Uh... And also, sauce being squeezed into small, elaborate shapes or, or skid marks across a plate. What's that all about? I would definitely buy cheap market sauce and put it in Heinz. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Parents' fury over six... No, let me, re let me read that again. We're, we're taking out the number and putting in a different word. See if you spot the difference. Parents' fury over sick <clears throat> baby high heels. Shoes are too grown up. A range of high heels for babies. <laughs> yeah. A range of... Let me just read that again. A range of high heels for babies has been branded sickening by parents who say they turn tots into sex objects. They're, they are weird. Pictures promoting them show babies wearing only the shoes and silky underwear. <laughs> One left does so reclining on a chaise longue. US company Pee Wee Pumps. And again, a man uh, lost his lucrative film career for having that name and actually doing that. Pee-wee pumps. By the way, the first Pee-wee Herman film is a work of genius. No, creepy. No, it's creepy. flipping brilliant. The, the second one, where he goes to Big Top with Chris Christopherson, not so good. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is absolutely... Now, what's the first one called? Is it Pee-wee's Pee Big Adventure? No, Pee-wee's Big Top. But anyway, the first one is absolutely brilliant. Uh, everything you've just said has really disturbed my mind. Why is that? Just everything. Gosh. In the last three minutes. Well, thanks very much indeed. Absolutely brilliant. It's a work of genius. And the music, who does the music? Danny Elfman. Oh, get Pee we'll have Pee-wee's uh, theme tomorrow by Danny Elfman. Wonderful. Is it Elfman? Something like that. Anyway. The firm's website... Uh, oh, no, hang on. Uh, the, the US company, Pee-wee Pumps, is selling six styles for around £20 a pair. Bargain. Bargain with inappropriate names including Diva, Wild Child and Sassy. 
Sorry, guys, you can only get them on Amazon US, but... Oh, no, you can get them from Etsy for £20 and tuppence. Pimp your baby! Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there are queues anti-clockwise from Junction 19 for Watford, 16 for the M40, and there's a lane closed clockwise between Junction 23 for the A1M and 24 for Potter's Bar. On the M1 towards London, there was an accident at Junction 9 for Redbourne, and there were queues from Junction 12 for Flittig, but they are starting to ease off after it reopened a little while ago. In Luton, though, Hatter's Way is still closed between Dunstable Road and Chawl End Lane, and and also the A505 Dunstable Road is looking really slow eastbound between Pointers Road and the M1 Junction 11 for Dunstable Road as a result of that. On the trains, the 859 service from Welling Garden City to London's King's Cross has been cancelled and the 903 service from Stevenage to London's King's Cross is delayed by half an hour. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Nigel's emailed. Who's Nigel? He's the guy we've invited to play Quasar with us. Nigel, you are coming, my friend. When we get a date and a time, we will let you know and you can come and have some serious fun with a laser gun. Thank you, Dealey, Kelly, Boyle. Excellent stuff today. Back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, have you made up your mind who you're going to vote for? A national newspaper poll has revealed today that 40% of voters haven't made up their mind who to vote for. Pollsters, comrades, currently place the Conservatives and Labour in joint place on 35%, with UKIP lagging behind with an 11% share of the votes. The Sun has nailed its colours to the mast, coming out in support of the Conservatives today in England, but the SNP north of the border. Well, the polls open up in seven days' time, but the question is, have you made up your mind who you're going to vote for? Pick up the phone, come on and share your thoughts. Share your indecision, if you wish, on 08459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first let's get the latest BBC News at nine o'clock. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, residents evacuated after Buckinghamshire blaze, teenager rescued from Nepal rubble and managers and players nominated for Football League awards. BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents have been evacuated following a major blaze in Buckinghamshire overnight. Firefighters are still at the scene in Chalfont St Giles. Gas cylinders exploded in the fire, which started just before 9.30 last night. More from Lee Agnew. The blaze involved small industrial units at a site in Bowstridge Lane. At its peak, there were over 30 firefighters from across Buckinghamshire at the scene with support from a police helicopter. Bucks Fire and Rescue Service say a number of gas cylinders exploded with several nearby homes evacuated. One explosion brought down an overhead power line which in turn ignited a hedgerow. An investigation will get underway this morning. A teenage boy has been pulled alive from the rubble of an apartment block in Kathmandu five days after the earthquake that struck Nepal. The BBC's Nick Garnett watched the rescue. I can see him on the stretcher at the moment. He has a neck brace on. There's medics there putting a, a saline drip in that was passed down from one of the American 